Hello everyone, and you are listening to the My Back 40 podcast. Steve, this is an intro from John Barks. I'm in your hometown of Deep River, Ontario, staring across the river at Mount Martin. And almost in the parking lot of the home of the Young Offenders. Anyways, uh, we share some commonality here. I spent most of my growing up summers here. Uh, My parents are from here. Aunts and uncles all worked at the plant. Anyways, your interview with Matthew Cady was um, very poignant for me and hit on a lot of things. And uh, the whistle, apparently, that used to be heard in town was a steam plant that used to send heat to several buildings throughout town. And the excess was used to uh, blow the 5 o'clock whistle, send everybody home. Anyways, side note. Uh, thanks a lot for all you do. You're an excellent representative of Canada. And I think all that negative self-talk is not worthy of the person that you are. Thanks for all your guests and uh, your intrigue. Unfortunately, I'm here on a sad note, the passing of my uncle. But he was an inspiration for adventuring and uh, often stepped up and took me places to do things and uh, really showed me that joie de vivre um, which was a representation of his in his entire life anyways maybe that's a good uh, guest question is uh, who is your inspiration for your next guest anyway Steve excellent job thank you again and signing off John Barks, coming from Deep River, Ontario. Thanks for that voice intro. It's really good to hear some voices coming from my hometown. Little tiny Deep River, Ontario, where I grew up. Basically born and raised in the same town, which I don't know if that's that common anymore. People tend to move around a lot. I know I've moved around a lot since I've left Deep River, but I have fond memories of that place. It was a very small town. I always felt a bit sheltered there. How many people live there? 4,000? You know, pretty small. Up... uh, along the Ottawa River. Um, awesome recreation. You know, when I, when I think back to that growing up there, man, I never take take it for granted. Like just the, the canoeing and the water sports. Um, I, I did downhill ski. I started downhill skiing when I was like nine. And then snowboarding when I was 13. That's a long time ago. <laughs> that was a long time ago. But yeah, we had a little riverbank hill in Deep River. Um, the uh, Mount Martin Ski Club, I believe it was called. And, um, yeah, just, I'm going to take a tangent here. I just remember, uh, we, we really wanted to, to build a half pipe there and we had no money. So we actually had a, a bake sale and it was part of, we integrated it with the, um, oh shit. Who's the dude that used to have those, uh, ski movies. Um, they used to always come to, um, I have to look it up. Warren Miller, that's what it was. Warren Miller, here I am Googling it. I was kind of on the fly. Yeah, we used to, the ski club used to bring in um, the Warren Miller film every every year, which were, at the time, like when you look back at the late 80s, early 90s, they were just fucking awesome films, awesome ski movies, uh, basically showing the, the upper echelon of, of skiing and how it, and its progression. And anyway, so we had a bake sale there. We I can't remember how much money we raised, but then we ended up uh, renting a machine and uh, I think my buddy Chris Dunn managed all that. But yeah, we dug a half pipe 
at Mount Martin Ski Club. Last time I was there, it was very shallow. <laughs> it had eroded quite a bit. And then what we did is we used um, Pampers diaper boxes, and we'd bring those and then fill them with snow and basically build up the walls. And we had a pretty nice half pipe there. And I know myself, oh, shit, <clears throat> we had a, a crew of us there. I'm going to forget people, but me and Jamie Parker, who ended up being um, a professional snowboarder for some time, Taro Hollow, Daryl Askey, um, um, uh, Alex Maxwell, uh, uh, Chris Dunn, uh, Andre Andersoff, uh, rest in peace, Andre, um, um, Jamie Tate, um, Steve Morier, uh, <laughs> so, so many, Tom Morier, his brother, a whole bunch of us would session that pipe and, and a number of us would go away and compete. And, uh, it was that half pipe that allowed us to to contend actually, which, which was, uh, takes me back, man. That's pretty crazy. And when I moved West, I had the, the intention of becoming maybe not a professional competitive snowboarder, but I wanted to be a professional snowboarder, whether I would teach or however that would look, but that never really happened. But anyway, quick tangent. And also another tangent, the young offenders, my high school band, we, uh, we rented out the gym in the summer and, uh, myself, Again, Andre Andersoff, uh, rest in peace. Andre was a prodigy, a prodigal musician. <laughs> he could play anything, drums, keyboard, guitar, bass, anything he touched, he could make magic with. So um, the world lost a super talented individual when um, when we lost Andre. And uh, the Roach brothers, Keith and Brian Roach, and we had this four-piece band and we would just cover songs, you know, like early 90s songs. Um, uh God, I can't remember some of the bands. <laughs> anyway, we'd cover songs. We we had this concert, and and uh, I was a rock star for a night. It was pretty fun. I played bass. So that takes me back, The Young Offenders. That's pretty fun stuff. And um, so, yeah, John, thanks for the voice intro. Cool info about Deep River. Oh, and my condolences to, um, to you with the loss of your uncle. Sounds like he was a very inspirational dude. And, yeah, I should be uh, asking more of my guests what their inspirations are because we're all inspired by somebody or a number of people in our lives. And, um, yeah, I'm going to add that to my list. I, I, I do admit that my podcast is fairly off the cuff. I don't tend to, um, build any type of framework framework before I connect with a guest, but, um, I should, I should be a bit more diligent about that. Um, I have in the past, but I could kind of ebbs and flows depends on who the guest is and, and, um, whether it's just going to be a super cash conversation or if there's some sort of framework I want to build. But for the most part, I'm just fairly off the cuff. So John, again, thank you um, for sending your voice intro. And if you want to send me a voice intro, just whip out your device, record me something and you can send it to myback40podcast at gmail.com. I love the voice intros. They really add an element to the show that I really dig. So don't be shy, send them in. And uh, it could be anything. Just, just like John's, it doesn't have to be from a bikepacking trip. It doesn't have to be about anything. You'd be sitting on the couch thinking about something. It's like, you know what? I want to send a voice intro to Steve. And you can do that. Again, whip out your device. Record me something. Send it to myback40podcast at gmail.com. All right, guys. Many of you know who Bonnie Gagnon is. And she posted something online the other day. And I asked her permission if I could, if I could read it. Um, I poked Bonnie the other day about writing a book and and you know, given her story, her adventurous life and some of the health issues she's facing right now, I figured it would be an amazing story to write. And 
um, when I was engaging with her, she said, I am, I am kind of writing a book slowly <laughs> and surely writing a book. Obviously, uh, given her current condition, setting up to actually write is difficult. Um, so I encouraged her maybe to record stuff to maybe in audio form just to get some, some rough ideas out. But I asked her permission if I could uh, read a bit of it to you guys. And I'm hoping that obviously it's a male voice talking um, or reading um, written, what, what is written by a female. I'm sensitive about that. I don't know why, but just pretend I'm Bonnie. Pretend my deep, sultry tones are coming from Bonnie Canyon. And I'm going to read this to you. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, this is uh, an excerpt from the book I'm slowly writing, and it's the book is, so far it's called Taking Down the Giant. And I also want to apologize. I, I have a bit of a cold, so I'm trying to uh, make my way through this without uh, without sniffing and snorting too much. I awoke to the fading aroma of burning forests and floating embers. The pungent air coated with evaporated sweat inside my tent. The oxygen felt simultaneously thin from altitude, yet dense with the stale exhales of exhaustion mixed with prolonged adrenaline. I slowly opened my eyes and searched the dark surroundings. Taking a measured breath in and holding it safe inside my lungs, I listened for the sounds of the rushing wind opposing the fortitude of my tiny tent, but it had faded with the thick of the night. The darkness lingered still, but soon the sun would begin its great rising. Even in this early hour, the race was on. A race to see if I could beat the brilliant light that would soon cascade over the peaks of the mountaintops, dance across the vast unknowns, and hurdle itself toward me with its promise of another adventure. God, how I love to be alive. Get moving, I said aloud my words floating upward and settling into the moisture that had accumulated at the top of the tent. A tiny beep emitted from my left wrist, echoing in digital display my need to get moving, sending a smile across my face. 4.30 a.m. Rise and shine! Reaching up over my right shoulder to a familiar spot in the dark, I tugged my camelback towards me and turned the lock on the bite valve so the water would flow. The cool liquid swished around in my mouth, leaving an aftertaste of rubbery stagnation from its sitting dormant inside the bladder for a few short hours. I made a mental note to remove the hose and rinse it at my next resupply. Slowly I sat up, my back moaning and groaning in protest. With each movement, my mind took inventory of the aches and pains throughout my body. I could feel the impressions the lumpy desert ground had made over the last four hours of rest, the stiffness of my legs from thousands of revolutions, the pain in my right knee that reminded me that I had been gutting it out, out here doing what I love. Doing what we love, what we aspire to become, never comes easy. There are sacrifices, traversing of hard things, summiting of doubts, and overpowering the lies in our own minds, the very conquering of such things that can give substance and depth to the rewards. We often think of perfection as flawless, without struggles or weakness, but the truth is that perfection isn't forged that way. It comes into existence through grit and determination, the relentless fight against opposing forces, seemingly insurmountable obstacles, trenches and deep waters, unfamiliarity and self-doubt. It's etched with the trying and the failing, the running and stumbling, 
giving her all, but coming up short again and again, until finally, after countless aches and pains, repositioning, recalculations, and the sweat of relentless effort, you arrive standing bruised and battered, toe-to-toe with your goal. That is beautiful perfection. After my mind finished the inventory and concluded that nothing was broken and no part of me unmovable, I unzipped my sleeping bag down to my knees and reached up to retrieve my headlamp that was dangling from a small netting in the tent above my head. Flipping on my tiny light, I then pulled the deflate valve on my air mattress and began to quickly stuff my gear into my dry bags. I crawled out the opening of my tent, a small portal into the wonderful unknown, and stood like a tiny speck on the endless expanse of the spectacular landscape. To the east, a reddish-yellow glow had barely crested the edge of the horizon, and the mountain range hosted the telltale red embers of the fires that had drawn the action of the rangers, daring their tireless efforts to take control of them. For the past several days, the fires had continued to open their bloodthirsty mouths, feasting on pines and sagebrush while vast billows of smoke raced on the wind and encapsulated the surrounding area. I stood still, listening to the melodious sounds of the waking of nature spreading across the topography, then slowly turned in a circle, scanning the horizon with my tired eyes. No signs of human life as far as I could see. No houses or buildings, cars nor airplanes. No evidence of factories and their endless rising vapors. No man-made lights or sounds. Just the wonders of a million years of natural history, priceless and irreplaceable harmonious in its own balanced chaos. Thank you, I found myself saying aloud. My bike lay like a discarded carcass, waiting to be resurrected. I bent down and checked it for small critters and insects that might have found a home for the night. My feed bags were half full, a pack of cheese crackers, half a stale turkey sandwich, blueberry pop-tarts and a burrito, the perfect breakfast and second breakfast, In one of my fork cages, I had a Gatorade that I had scavenged from a gas station. Twisting off the top, I took a long drink. This is going to be a really good day. Man, I love reading other people's shit. (laughs) I just love reading that stuff. Actually, as I I recorded it and I listened back to it, it just just brought me back to not not only riding the divide, but, but just other races I'd done and just those moments where you know there's solitude and and you're just you're waking up sometimes in the middle of nowhere with no one around you and you're just surrounded by nature you're just surrounded by nothing there's nothing man-made there's no straight lines it's just dirt and plants and animals and the noises you hear in the woods when you're laying in your tent um, yeah, that really took me back and I hope you enjoyed that. And Bonnie, I hope I, I read it and gave it justice to, uh, I'm always sensitive about how I interpret other people's writing, but man, it's love reading stuff like that really took me back. So I hope you enjoyed that. And, uh, I hope like me, you enjoy, um, or are looking forward to rather, uh, getting a hold of this book, uh, when she finishes writing it. And I think she's got an amazing story to tell. And um, I really think that a lot of people would would love to read her story. And so, Bonnie, keep at it. I know it's tough. Uh, I know it's hard to find that even the energy and the bandwidth to to create like that. But I think and I've preached it on the podcast a few times just how important it is to 
to exercise some sort of creativity in your life, whether it be writing or painting or music or riding a bike, you know, um, some sort of personal expression. Uh, we need to find a way to express ourselves in the world that's just for ourselves. So keep at it, Bonnie. I love you. And thank you for letting me share that. So got a great podcast for you today. Before I get there, I just wanted to thank my sponsors. I want to thank Dynamic Cyclist. They've been a, a longtime sponsor of the podcast. And I've been running the same promo code for months now. I don't even know when our anniversary is coming up. There must be an anniversary coming. But great way to support the show is to support my sponsors. And Dynamic Cyclist is offering you 25% off their programs when you drop the code MB40. So head on over to dynamiccyclist.com. Check out the programs they offer, stretching, mobility, strength, um, injury prevention, uh, yoga. There's all sorts of stuff to take advantage of there. And I've said it before on the podcast that it's Dynamic Cyclist that enabled me to mitigate an injury and got me to the end of the Tour Divide. I can't stress that enough. Um, a lot of us don't spend enough time stretching. And you know what? I am one of those people. Um, and discipline is, is really hard to find sometimes in life. Life is so busy, but if you can just dedicate 20 minutes a day at the most and do some of the dynamic cyclist programs, you're going to feel the difference. And another place you're going to feel it is in your sleep. Cause when your body is mobile and flexible and relaxed, you're going to sleep better. So don't forget MB40 is going to save you 25% at dynamiccyclist.com. I also want to say thank you to Ryan Draper at Cycling 101, my coach, my mentor, the longest supporter of the podcast. And he's offering, if you drop the code MB40, you're going to get 50% off your first month of coaching. And that's a great deal. So check him out, uh, cycling-101.com online. Check out his programs there. He's got mountain bike lessons, coaching. And you know what? Having a coach in your life, whether it be a a mindset coach or an athletic coach, it's, it's invaluable to have a person out there that you can reach out to and ask questions of and share wisdom with. Um, it's great. And Ryan hasn't just only been a coach to me. He's been a friend, a really good friend, a really good mentor. And I really appreciate the relationship we've built. Coaching just isn't a service. It's not just trading money for services. It's getting something out of your coach whether it be nutritional advice, athletic advice, life advice. Um, and what Ryan's really good at is fitting in a program into your busy lifestyle. So I can't stress that enough. Love Ryan Draper. Reach out to him and use the code MB40 to save 20, sorry, to save 50% off your first month of coaching. I also just want to say a quick thank you to Redshift Sports. I've been rocking their uh, shock stop suspension stem and their uh, suspension seat post for a few weeks now. And I'm telling you, just riding in Canmore here the other day, and I was riding a, um, a, a very primitive trail. It was like a non-groomed. I think a lot of fat bikers are getting pretty spoiled with all the grooming that we have access to, <laughs> to be honest. There's a lot of snow dogs out there. There's a lot of great grooming, Invermere included, out here in Canmore included. I was riding some trail the other day, just primitive, mostly foot traffic, a little bit of fat bike traffic, but still it's like full of pot, like just, you know, foot, foot marks and, and, you know, um, post holes and, and the suspension seat post was amazing for that stuff. Like it was incredible how much it smoothed the, uh, the rear end of my bike. It almost felt like I was riding a dual suspension fat bike. So I can't, especially when you're running a low pressures, you know, you've got like three or four pounds in your tires 
you've got 20 mil of suspension under your ass and you've got 20 mil up front, it really smooths the traffic out or smooths the trail out and, and uh, it made it, it was just a joy. It was really great. And I really recommend, highly recommend their stuff. And if you want to go to redshiftsports.com and drop the code MB40, you're going to save 15% on their products. So can't recommend them enough. And you can go back through the archives. Just a few weeks ago, I did a podcast with Eric DeBrun of Redshift Sports and um, learned a lot about basically their ethos, their company, how they engineer their product. And uh, what I find, they're not only just elegant looking on the bike, um, they are functional as well. So check them out, redshiftsports.com, drop the code MB40 and you're going to save 15%. All right, today's podcast is with one of my coaches. I've said this a number of times, and I just said it a couple minutes ago, just the idea of having a coach in your life can be super valuable. I have two coaches, one male, one female. I've got uh, Sebastian Rowland, and I've got Paige Royal from Paige Royal Coaching. Both are mindset coaches, and actually both coaches have a different approach to things. Um, What I appreciate about page is that um, one, given what I'm going through in my life right now, having a female perspective, having a coach of a different gender is valuable. Um, to get a woman's perspective on on life and of the things that I'm going through has been super invaluable. And I always find that I tend to, I'm, op- I'm an open book with anybody. I'm really, really transparent. And that was one of the things that I think has helped me grow personally is vulnerability is talking to friends, talking to coaches, getting therapy, talking things out, being open to the feedback you're going to get back. Having And then also having, you know, my coach Ryan as well, he's a straight shooter dude, and he'll just tell me straight up if like I'm full of shit or what I should expect coming <laughs> moving forward through what I'm navigating. It's really, really invaluable. So I appreciate Paige. Paige is a mindset coach working mostly with entrepreneurs to try to get to the root of what is holding them back. I did an exercise um, and I talk about it a little bit in this podcast where Paige gave me some homework and I had to go through and basically um, talk talk about different aspects of my life and how I would benefit from making tweaks in those aspects of my life, whether it be financial relationship, existential. Um, and recently, uh, of course we talk about it, but recently my sister, I sent the exercise to my sister and some of my, some of my answers and she, she sent it back to me and said, it's been a year. Compare your life now to what it was then after you did the exercise and just be aware of how much you have changed, how much your life has changed, some negative and some positive. Um, and I think the thing is, is that life is just so dynamic. It is a bikepacking event. <laughs> life is a bikepacking event or vice versa. There's highs, there's lows, there's victories, there's defeats. Um, there's learning opportunities. Um, it, it's just, that's what life is. And, and everybody's different. And my mindset, very cynical, very negative, lots of negative self-talk, like, the voice intro said about me, unjustified negative self-talk. I think a lot of us struggle with that. So Paige Royal has really helped me with that. And I love Paige dearly. And this conversation, I don't even know how to intro it because it's all over the map. We talk about a lot of different things. We lean into men's mental health. We talk about anger. We talk about um, emotional and mental release. 
Um, and you know, it's funny, we kind of get into the conversation quite quickly. And then at the end <laughs> of the podcast, we talk, well, tell me Paige, what do you do? It's like at the very end. And I thought about editing it and moving it around, but I'm not going to do that. But Paige is working on a podcast. It's going to be Paige Royal's podcast called Screw the Rules. We talk a little bit about that near the end. Um, it's just in the infancy of getting rolling, but she basically just wants to have straight up conversations and share her ideas with people about life. And uh, in this podcast, I really appreciated her vulnerability. She shared a lot about herself as as I did. And um, I know, you know, I've been taking a lot of tangents with the podcast. Um, I've always promoted it as being a, a endurance racing, training, nutrition, mental health be- benefits of moving through nature. Um, my podcast is evolving and I wanted to thank everyone for coming along for the ride and listening to these these conversations that may be slightly outside the box of endurance racing. If anything, I think you can bring any of this information that's being shared in these podcasts, whether it be Valerie Masuda's podcast last, last week about psychedelic therapy to this one, which is just talking about just life and how to live a better, more fulfilling and meaningful life. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation. And without further delay, I bring you Paige Royal. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Um, we you don't talk about. Going on. I do have a lot going. Oh, on. Are we are we. Oh yeah, it's always recording. We I recorded the whole last bit, all of it. Oh shit! What do you mean? I just cut it out. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I, you know, I've 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 surprised a few people on that before, actually, and. Uh, yeah, and 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 it's it like, oh, are, are we starting? It's like, oh yeah, man, we started like fifteen minutes ago. And they're like, what? Because <laughs> I, I like the I like the uh, I like how it sets it up. Because we're just shooting the shit, yeah. right? It's nothing. Hi, Paige Royal, welcome to the show. Blah blah blah. I'm not that kind of podcaster. I don't I don't take that. I just want the conversation, right? Uh huh. Um. Yeah, I yeah. want to thank you for your post. Your you went live there the other day, and I don't I don't watch a lot of those so-and-so went live on a video whatever but i i got captivated by yours even though it seemed it seemed like it was a bit more targeted toward women perhaps i mean in the context of you and your friend just in that context but but it applies obviously it totally applies and And, what was really interesting not to cut you off but like what was really interesting about that is that it's been more men who've watched it oh that's interesting (laughs) that's interesting um, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Notice- you know, what I find, <clears throat> and I, I've, I was just commenting to someone about this the other day. It's like through, through uh, a, a few of the therapists I've seen. I, I almost it depends on the issue I'm having. I like to pick a therapist based on the issue. So if I'm having issue, like say with um, showing love or interpret interpreting how to show love to uh, my partner. I prefer talking to a female therapist because I really want the female insight because I don't care how well-trained you are. I just think it all depends on the lens that you're looking at the problem through. And I think that times when I've had male therapists, it just hasn't, it hasn't resonated with me the same. And maybe that's just my own psyche. Maybe, I don't know if there's, if there's truth around the whole, like, uh, female male half brain kind of idea where where you know 
some men just just have a stronger female feminine side to their brain am i just i'm just probably bullshitting right now but i tend to a lot of the open conversations i tend to have like when i really open up i I mean i open up with everyone now but in the past i would always be more comfortable talking to women about things because i guess i found that women were just more receptive maybe more insightful like i have heard that from other men yeah yeah that they feel more comfortable and at the same time I follow a bunch of men who are really, really knowledgeable about just um, human connection and and relationship stuff. Mm. And the stuff that they're saying is amazing for other men. So I think it just depends on who you like, who you kind of get in, you know, because there's tons of people out there. And so it's just depends on whose circle you're in and who you, what you get introduced to and who you get introduced to, whether you know, cause some of these guys that I follow online are, you know, they got a million followers or whatever. Right. So it's, they're big, but what they're saying is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really amazing for personal growth and relationships and stuff. Yeah. And it's not to discount some of the great male relationships I have and the insight I get from them. Certainly not that because yeah. now it's, I find it's different. Um, you know, just through, <laughs> through the therapy and through, and I, I owe a lot to you about, um, you know, that a couple exercises you had me do with, with how you want things to manifest for yourself. And I think I told you mm-hmm. that, uh, or I said it on that live stream I did after yours, um, was, so I think you, you were focusing kind of a lot on projection, the way you're projecting into the world and how your attitude around that, um, sometimes needs to be adjusted or needs to be, um, clarified for you by in your case was a good friend telling you it's like you know what you've got it all you've got it all put together like you're you're but this part maybe could use some tuning up like the way you you know aesthetically project and I feel like I'm that way too because I'm a bit (laughs) a bit of a dirtbag in a way you know like I feel emotionally intelligent uh, more so than I did even three years ago but but I'm 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 still you know, the t-shirt and jeans guy, like kind of thing. But anyway, I kind of lost my train of thought. That's, that's my jam. I feel that way. You feel that way? Well, yeah, no, I, um, you know, changing the aesthetics or the outside. Right. And naturally I just always kind of go to that, to that comfort sort of sporty side of myself, which is like what I was sharing on there. And I don't think that that will ever, that's like, you know, there's those, there's these sides of us. Right. And, you know, we're dynamic and complex uh, as humans. Right. And so like we can have it all right. It's, 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 and I I think it's great to be able to like dress up and dress really nice to the nines and then, then, you know, be able to go and play in the mud on bikes. Right. So it's like, I know it's the best both worlds in my opinion now. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I totally understand that. And it's funny. I was, I was uh, talking to a woman the other day and, and uh, well, my partner, Amy, and, and she was, she was a. Uh, she's in Mexico right now, and she just showed a, an image, like just a little selfie video on video, and she's just wearing a dress, and she had bare feet, you know, and and it's like, oh, it's so like, so not a high heels guy. I'm so like a flip flops and, you know, swim shorts, you know, type guy that doesn't like the whole high heels and, 
Well, that's one thing that you will rarely get me into. (laughs) (laughs) Flip flops, bike shoes. Yeah. And running shoes, but like nice shoes and like boots, but stuff that all was flat. Yeah. Oh, it's flat. It, yeah. But I have the height to I have the height to be able to right. do that. We're, we're really talking about this stuff, eh, Steve? You're, you're fortunate. <laughs> no, that's great. No, it's funny. I don't even own a suit. And uh, I was at a meeting at a, at a real estate outfit the other day because I might be doing uh, getting into the real estate marketing thing. Maybe. I don't know. It's just a ball in the Ooh, air cool. I have right now. Yeah, maybe. Doing like video walkthroughs and um yes. social marketing and and basically managing the the marketing and the administration for a very successful realtor and so it's a complete like a bit of a tangent but it's right and it, yeah thank you if, and if you, could see, if you could see me behind the mic i'm cheering yeah she's cheering a bit <laughs> and and it's funny so so yeah going going back because we i went off track so yeah you had me do this exercise where it was like mm-hmm pick the things in a few of the things in your life that you want to improve. So it was like, um, like personal growth. I should have brought it up. Actually, I can bring it up. It was like personal growth and, um, and, uh, relationships say, and, um, uh, financial, uh, hmm. there were a couple things. And then I, I added, yeah, um, bringing all the areas of life in because as we're striving for one area of life we tend to leave out the rest right and we forget that oh yeah you know like what's happening over here kind of thing or and what do we want yeah is it okay if i share a little bit of it on here heck yeah yeah um so your assignment your email and it was a quote from your email take some time to write out how achieving what you want in brackets your answer to the first question will positively impact each of those areas of your life stated in the positive. So the first one was, was health. I said, I feel as though my continued efforts to learn to love and validate myself and work on the things I'm passionate about will provide the confidence I need to move forward in life. This confidence and love should lower my anxiety over what others think, think about me to not only improve my physical, but also my mental health. So that was pretty profound because I feel like that's what, kind of what I'm doing right now it's, it's like I'm really yeah. really trying not to care what people think um and it's it's really hard for me to do that because I'm a people pleaser more, yeah go ahead yeah yeah the more you love and accept yourself and all like all of all of the like we, I was just we were talking about earlier right how there's all these different sides to us and how we're dynamic and complex once you once you begin learning to really appreciate and love and accept all those facets of you, the the good and what you might perceive as the bad, you know, um, the more the less the less we care about what others think. It, it's just how it works. Right. And so the more you can love yourself, it doesn't really matter what other people think anyway, because um, the way people perceive anyone to be they're running it through their own events and experiences in their own minds right and so uh, a lot of the times what triggers or what what we love in someone else is what we love in ourselves and what triggers us in someone else is the things that we don't like about ourselves and so when you really kind of realize and begin to recognize that people are just running it through their own events and experiences to make what you're saying or what you're doing make meaning to them, it has nothing to do with you. It really has nothing to do. It's so, it's so crazy, but it's, it really is the truth. 
And so, yeah. I've heard that a little bit from some other people I've talked to just about my current situation. And, and, um, I tend to be, um, actually I ended up just stumbling across a, a psychologist. I didn't realize that, that someone's mother was a psychologist and we ended up talking. I shared a lot of stuff and she said, Steve, you're, you're not, you're empathetic, but you're an empath. She says, you are an empath because it doesn't matter you could be talking to somebody on the street about some deep situation and you will take on that, the emotion that they're projecting out to the world. So if they're sad or whatever that may be, you know, you'll feel their emotion. And she said, you need to set up the proper boundaries to, to, to insulate yourself from that because your boundaries are right here against your chest, right? You need to push the boundaries out so that when people share these things with you, that you can look at it through with, with empathy, but not be, not let the things glom onto you and, and, and take it on. And, and I'm totally yeah. like that. I just, I don't know why I'm shaped like that, but, um, I'm, you know, I'm super emotional. Like I'm very, very emotional. And I feel like that's been attenuated now that life is starting a new chapter and my buckets mm-hmm. are getting filled up again. You know, all that stuff's happening for me and I feel way more, grounded and present and purposeful and like all these really great things. Right. Um, mm-hmm. let me, yeah. let me, let me, which I can tell, which can... I can tell, which I, which I shared with you. And then yeah. there's good traits. Well, what did you want to say? Sorry. Oh, nothing. I was just going to say like what you were saying before about not caring. So the, the, the categories were health relationships, family, personal, personally, financially, um, existentially, um, so the one I was going to share just quick is um, personally, it's like I'll return to being my authentic self. N- no question that that's happened in the last little while. Part of me feels that I've lost that. Perhaps this is why I'm so drawn to podcasting and endurance racing. When I'm out there pushing my limits, those are the times I feel most, most authentic. When I'm behind the mic, I also feel like I can be myself. Deep, meaningful conversations energize me and fill my buckets. Connecting with people emotionally and intellectually feels amazing. Not saying I'm like, intellectual but i learn from people you're, you're, you're a smart guy thanks there's no doubt about that i appreciate that I, yeah. I but i again i i'm i have also a self-deprecating personalities and with imposter syndrome thrown in there so i don't really feel that way about myself um it feels amazing to connect uh if i could find a way to build a life around creativity i would be a better person so i i sent this to my sister uh, last year when I did the exercise and she's put it in her calendar and she, she sent it back to me just a few days ago. And she said, you need to look at this because this has manifested for you. Like look at some of these things that are happening and really be aware that that this exercise of writing thing, these things down has uh, started the ball rolling on a lot, a lot of these things. I'm like, I feel more emboldened to do the things that I want to do. I feel maybe a bit more courageous to make the moves in life that I think are going to work better for me, despite maybe hurting other people or, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody, but breaking out of a relationship is, is really tough. Right. And just taking yeah. this, taking the steps to move forward with that and just know that like I was just holding on so tight to things and just letting it go. And just trying to take the high ground and trying to navigate it the best I can as the new human I think I've become, controlling my mm. anger, controlling my resentment, um, pushing the boundaries out a little bit. Um, so I'm getting emotional. 
Thank you for that exercise. Thank you for oh, that exercise. Because yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, and I don't know where it's going to lead. I just know that there's there's a bunch of things going on from a for me from a creative standpoint, in terms yeah. of creating content and and the marketing thing, and still being able to, to utilize my my IT skills in a creative way. And and maybe just, it's time to do it again. Do right? what? Oh, like, the exercise. Uh, yeah, the exercise. Right, like periodically running through those questions because um we get like we have all these thoughts in our minds swirling around of all these things that we we think we want and when we put pen to paper that's when the the rubber the rubber hits the pavement so to yeah. speak which we all yeah and so then it's really there is something really um important about putting pen to paper yeah because it creates movement and it brings it into more reality. Um, yeah. So getting it out, it's better out than in. So like the idea of wor words say. to power. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's pretty good in. <laughs> I, I have an explicit <laughs> tag on my podcast. Um, but, but yeah, it's just the whole, um, the whole exercise of, of, I mean, I think, I think it primarily started with just taking accountability, right? Yeah. For the way someone was reporting to you that they felt like they were being treated. And I, and I think that that's, that's certainly the way that's certainly where a lot of my confusion comes from is what you were saying, you know, a few minutes ago about how people react to you based on the way, based on the way they're looking at you through their, through their lens that they were brought up and maybe some of the, some of the issues and trauma that they're carrying in the background. So they see everything with this, with this, they, they conflate everything into, into this, into this common thread of what their life has been like, even though it may not be the case, you know? And, that's and right. that's where my confusion comes from because I was also shaped in a certain way and I behave mm -hmm. in certain ways. Um, uh, when I get, when I get angry and I may raise my voice, you know, I mean, um, my mom and dad probably wouldn't, I mean, my parents are still together, but they fought. I remember they used to fight, but they're still mm -hmm. together. They worked through it. They got through it. Right. right. They've been together. I don't know how many years guys it's well, like when 60 it, it years comes or 50 years. To like values though. Right. Like in relationship. And I think, um, you know, communication is so key and, and I don't pretend to be an expert on relationships. I am an expert on the mind and, and communication and, and things like that. And there is a lack of communication in a lot of relationships. I'm not just talking intimate relationships. I'm talking every relationship out there. People are scared to say what it is that they really want to think. So they hold it in. And so then, and, and that's learned. Like that's something that we learned when we were really young is to, you know, um, I was working with a client the other day and it was her belief was you're to be seen, not heard. Right. And so you can see how that, you know, as you get into your forties and near 50 or into your fifties, right. If you have a belief like that and you're shoving things down, then these behavioral outbursts, right. Like road rage, for example, is a really great one. Um, or just like outbursts of, you know, anger or frustration or whatever it is, it's just pent up. It's, it's, it's years of shoving what you think down because somehow it doesn't matter. 
right? So any, so any sort of what I call, instead of calling them limiting behaviors call, or sorry, negative behaviors, I like to call them limiting behaviors because it's just limiting someone's potential, right? And when I used to have outbursts and stuff, it was like, I knew I, that wasn't who I wanted to be, but I didn't know how to control it, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to get a grip on it. And now knowing what I know now, it's just, it's, it's being out of, I don't know if you use the word alignment, but that alignment or congruency inside, you're so incongruent with who you truly are, like the essence of who you are inside, that you're just battling with yourself, right? It's like, and so then it comes out in these really limiting or negative ways that we know is not us. Like we know it's not who we are, but we don't know what to do about it. And, um, until we do right until we, until we learn and until we start like releasing some of this stuff from the past. Um, I know people (laughs) might not like, but it is the past that creeps into our current reality that really is creating our future. Right. And so if we want to change it, we got to let go of those things from the past so that we can, you know, have a better now. And then that better now creates a, an amazing future. So because our beliefs and our values create thoughts, right? Those things create the thinking that's going on in our mind, which, you know, for me for a long time was like nonstop. It was just the noise and the mental chatter was just like driving me crazy. And then those thoughts create emotions and feelings, right? And then those emotions and feelings create behaviors and our behaviors and our behaviors are our actions, right? And then that creates our results. So if we don't like the result, then we've got to go back to what are the beliefs and the values. It's like great to say, hey, just change. You hear, you see all these quotes, just change your thoughts, change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. And it's just, it's so much more than that. And so much deeper than that, because it's a belief system that's been ingrained. And sometimes in case, many cases, and what I've seen in my, in my business, gets passed through, passed down genealogically through generations, right? So it's like, it's deep seated in the being of who a person is, right? And so to change that, that's the unconscious work that needs to happen, right? Because, you know, in my, in my business, all, all change happens at the unconscious level. So you got to change the beliefs and the, when you change the belief, it changes the thoughts. I've heard anecdotally totally does because I've heard anecdotally from a few different people who have who have who have um, say going back to say say my my history of just say career is like a, you know you, you know we we kind of worked with with at IntroWest right so that's kind of where we and this is what a long time ago twenty like years a ago, long time ago like two thousand and five maybe more yeah twenty five years ago. <laughs> known each other a long time we have and and i'm so glad we've reconnected as well just Same. put that out there um Same. but i remember working in, in it and i was always chasing the salary i wanted to make more money i always wanted to make more money and it went on and on and on and then i, I made decisions like to leave intro west and and self-contract which which felt really scary and it felt and and if i just and I'm so impulsive. If I just took a step back and sat with it for a minute, I had a great gig at IntroWest. I had a great team of people. I kind of liked what I was doing. I was the cable guy, right? I was just fixing cables and making sure electrons got to where they needed to go. That was my job, right? 
Mm-hmm. And and as soon as I went started going down this other path, it started pushing me into a realm of IT that I, I had no interest in. I didn't want to do it. And I even recently applied back to Panorama um, in, into IT and I did the interview and, you know, I've, I've, I've been out of the industry for a while, but I know I could get back in there. No problem. Smart enough to get back in there. But as, even as I was at the interview, it, it, I wasn't doing it for me. I was doing mm. it for, I was doing it for money so that I can navigate this next chapter of my life. So I'd be able to afford the things I want to do with my kids, right? Being, being like, yeah. you know, a separated dad. Now I, I wanted to set myself up for success in that respect, but I totally did not want to do it. And, and so when I got the, the email that said, yeah, we went with someone else, which I'm not surprised. I was just like, oh God, thank God, because I didn't want to do it. And I even was thinking that even if I did get it, I would be like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Even though I think it'd probably be a, a great job, like super dynamic, lots of problem solving and pro- cool projects. And But at the same time, it I felt like I was going against the grain. And that's that's what you were saying before. It's like, when you're when you're when you're in a situation where you're fighting against who you think you need to be versus who yeah. you know intrinsically who you are like you feel it you feel it inside oh. your body and, and if you're not paying attention like i wasn't you fall and you mm. just keep making these decisions and 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 stumbling down this path in the dark because it's not really where you want to go you want to go down this path which is light you know, it yeah. seems this seems so much clearer to me, but I'm going to make shitty money and I'm going to have to. Yeah, but that's your path. Like that's what intrinsically your 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 mind is drawn to. Right. And and as soon as you so, yeah try to get out of the path, then you feel it. Yeah. And, and like your that no to that job offer was like, you know, that was for you. I always look at yeah. these things as you because it was like this isn't this isn't the path like this isn't your path Um, it it didn't happen didn't happen to me it happened for me that's right yeah yeah and it's like we get I was I saw this really funny uh thing on Instagram this morning it was just like this girl she's doing like a video and then this thing falls and hits her on the head and it was something along the lines of like asking for a sign I interpreted it as, as asking for a sign and like not seeing it. And so the sign gets louder and louder until you pay attention. And, um, and that's, that's life, right? Because we, you know, as we grow up, we are sort of modeling what we've seen, right? What we're seeing out there, right? So it's, it's the, it's the, well, from my, I'll say from my perspective of it was, you know, growing up as a farm girl and, you know, get married, you know, go to school, get married, buy a house, have kids and live happily ever after. Right. It's Disney. Any of that. Disney did that to us. (laughs) Well, that's right. And so then, but this is the vast majority. This is a lot of people out there. Right. And get a job, get a job, right. Like get, you know, like there wasn't a job a job that you'll have until you retire yeah that's right and you get this really great pension and yada 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 which is great for some people right like it's that's perfect for some people but for me i i i thought like i never ever wanted to own which is crazy 
for the longest time. You mean a home? There was reasons for that. Just a home. Yeah. yeah. So I bought a home and it, it was the wrong, it was like not, it didn't allow bikes into it. I mean, it was so far unaligned. It was, didn't have a, any outdoor space, mm. like no balcony, no nothing. And it was really, really great because I made a lot of money on it. So there was a purpose for it. It worked out to my benefit. And at the same time, I was kind of doing, making these decisions based on what I, but what other people wanted for me and saw that was best for me, which they did. It was, it was with love and also what I thought other people thought I should do versus what do I want? Mm. Like, what do, what do I actually want? And so like my path was not like the easiest path. I worked in corporate, like, you know, I worked as a, well, I worked at interest for a bit, but the vast majority of my career was as a corporate securities legal assistant, and then eventually a paralegal for years. Um, and I always knew that that wasn't, that wasn't the thing I knew from the night, like the late 1990s, that I wanted to be my own boss. I just didn't know how at the time I was like yellow pages. I had no idea. And I was so young. I was like, what could I do? You know? Um, but then you fast forward like 20 some years and I was just done with that whole, that whole field. So I, you know, pulled the plug, but I remember waking up in that condo that I owned and just going like, who, like, who the hell am I? Like, I don't even like, I don't even know. I, I'm angry. I'm unhappy. I'm like, what? I don't even, what am I doing? And I, I threw it all. Like I, I quit that job. I was not financially ready at the time to do that. Sold everything I owned. And that's when I bought my, my van gold member and my teardrop trailer, Foxy Cleopatra. And I took off to figure, figure my shit out, <laughs> you know? And so like, but that was, I would say the unraveling of like, mm. I was always pretty like headstrong. Like I was always doing things on my terms, you know, like I lived overseas for a couple of years. Right. But like, and so I kind of didn't follow the status quo. And at the same time was sucked into it at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, and so the, I feel like that was at a time when there was the unraveling of all the things that weren't me. And then I was like, Oh God, here we go. Right. And, uh, and I had to figure it out. Right. So what, what were the, other than noticing your, um, your change in personality and not really being who you wanted to be, what, what were the signs, the big signs that there was something wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Like that you knew that you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Uh, like at the time it was like, I call it my pressure cooker years. And I was in a relationship at the time that wasn't working either. Mm -hmm. I had all these rules around what a relationship should look like, mm -hmm. which were really like they're, they, those were not my rules, you know, they, um, they're just what I saw in society and then, and, and my job. Right. And so it just got down to where I was like, you know, me, I was taking like the, the remote control and I was chucking it at the baseboards. I was road raging on the highway. Is that what you mean when you're asking that question? Like what, what was that pivotal point where I kind of knew that? Yeah. I was just wondering if it was, I mean, you had mentioned that and, and I resonate with that too, because, um, yeah, I was, uh, I'll tell a story. Can I, can I interrupt and tell a story? 
yeah. along the same yeah. lines that you're talking about. So I, I do remember um, I did road rage a couple times. And mm-hmm. um, what, as soon as I did it the first time, I felt like shit. It's like, who the fuck are you? Like, uh-huh. why are you getting so worked up? The second time I did it, I was probably pretty close to getting the shit beat out of me. And mm-hmm. I had never done it past that. Um, but this one time, um, I had, uh, I was angry with a bunch of things going on. It was, it was like, um, old relationship going into a new relationship, carrying anger from that old relationship into the new relationship, uh, you know, being taken for financially by, by the, the, by the past relationship, which seemed really unfair to me based on a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember going down in, in, in the house I was renting and I had built a, uh, like a workbench, like a bike bench just for all my shit. No, super basic plywood two by fours. And I took a hammer and I beat the fucking shit out of that bench. I beat the shit out of it right down to the ground, right down to the concrete floor to the point where I, my knuckles were bleeding. It's really hard for me to admit that, but it's like, you know, I didn't do it to a person, you know, I didn't do it to, to a, another human, but there was this, this, this volcanic eruption of anger and confusion and, and yeah. Yeah. Well, so this is, the, this is a prime example though, of like, our emotions come out, you can stuff them down for as long as you want and they will come out. They will. They will come out somehow, whether it's in like a, you know, like, I don't know what you would call that, like a fit of rage or, that or was, whatever, like a, you know, yeah, that or they scary, come out scared myself. in a disease of some sort, or, I mean, it's, it's kind of humbling to know that, but emotions are, have so much power and they, if you don't, I don't want to say that they, they do, they do come out. And it's, it's, and the other thing, that's what, and, and and it wasn't then at that point that I started down the path of fair of therapy, but it wasn't too long after, um, to learn how to, and that's the thing. It's, it's so hard to catch. And, and, and when I was doing that, I was, I was raging, but I I also remember just sobbing. Like I was Mm. so like, it was like every emotion just all coming out at once mm-hmm. everything at once yeah. and just feeling so um kind of helpless almost like almost like it's um someone took control of you someone else yeah. something else took control of you and and you you like it was completely i was completely lost control no one was around thankfully um but yeah I had a couple of outbursts like that just just because yeah anyway um, but, 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 but not being able to, you can kind of feel it coming, but you can't stop it. Like, I don't understand mm-hmm. what that, um, mechanism is. Maybe that's, maybe that's fight or flight dealing with, with whatever trauma I was going through then. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I did not feel good after it. I felt horrible. I felt I was bleeding. I was, <laughs> it was, I, I, it was horrible. Yeah. And like, I look at these, 
you know, now, you know, because I used to have these like, not similar, but different, right. Where I like just threw things in ways that it wouldn't hurt anything. Um, you know, um, or I road rage by giving sign language and, and cursing at the top of my lungs in my, in my vehicle, because it's safe to do that. Right. Um, but I do actually look at emotions as not good or bad, they don't feel good when the negative or the limiting ones are coming out. Right. Um, but I don't look at them as good or bad. They're just, uh, they're just letting us know that something's off. Right. And it needs to be dealt with. It's just that we were never taught that, you know, like we were never taught that emotion, like it was like, Ooh, be positive, you know, just be positive all the time. And it's like emotions, they're there for us. They're not, you know, like they're there to let us know, like, Hey, pay attention. You need to pay attention to something here. Right. Cause if you don't pay attention, then the same thing is going to keep happening over and over and over again until you do. And then once you do, and you start to do the work, right. Which I know, you know, then you, you start to be able to handle them, you know, a lot better and with ease. And yeah. And, and we shorter used shorter times and stuff Sorry. like that. Yeah. And, and I think now, um, I think I do a lot more prep before certain things, certain interactions or, um, which, which is kind of, that's that monkey mind thing a lot of times. Cause I'm, I'm always telling myself stories. Um, but, but, but learning how to con how to control that. And also, um, um, like what you were saying about how people just look at things through a different lens and, and it just, just to be able to find someone who can understand you, you know, understand yeah. what you're going through and then to have someone to communicate with in that way. Um, like I've, I've already entered into a new relationship and we've, the, the emotional intimacy has been profound. Just mm -hmm. the way we talk to one another and the way we understand one another and, and learning how to listen, you know, like um, learning how to talk to one another in a respectful way when, when just, just, just honesty and openness. It's just, it's been mm -hmm. profound. It's just been profound. And I think that's, that's kind of coming out the other end of all, I don't like, I don't like the phrase doing the work. I don't, I don't know that if I've really, yeah, that, I hear you. You know what I mean? You know, I did work. I agree with you. Okay. Cause you, you gave me the assignment and I did the work, I did. you know, I did yeah. that work and, and, and that was beneficial. But I think, I think the work, it's needs... like, it's not work. Well, I mean, it, in the context of quote, you working on yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. You keep going. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. That. Oh, you can totally interrupt. It's fine. I'm always interrupting. <clears throat> but but it's like um we grow right we're we you know i'm 51 years old and uh, i'm not the same person i was even three years ago i'm not the same mm -hmm. person i was 10 years ago and when i look back at, at the person i was 20 years ago or 25 years ago i'm yeah you just you're not the same person right you just keep growing yeah. and evolving and and you're stumbling through life and you meet different people or reconnect with, with, with people again, or, um, you know, my, my even old friends from high school, you know, if I, you know, my buddy, Jamie, who I talk to all the time now, um, who's just been so supportive and, 
you just yeah, it's just crazy kirby my buddy kirby has been in my life like yeah, oh yeah kirby. kirby brown he's just he's just a, <laughs> i don't know if he remembers me but i remember kirby. I, I would guarantee he'd remember <laughs> you and and he uh just having him, him in my life he's and it's just those people that you uh yeah you don't really talk you don't, you don't have to talk to them all the time but when you do you know it's always like it's like you never like you've, you like you talked to them yesterday right yeah um but yeah, looking back, even I got so emotional there because looking back at what happened and, and, and the anger that came out of me and even a little bit further beyond that before I even moved out here and how the, you know, like you said, the road raging and the, and the throwing things or, or, you know, the, for, for a guy, you know, um, I've punched the odd hole in a wall, you know, like I have, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, fuck, and I go get the mud, they fix it, no, paint it, it. <laughs> right? It's just, or, you know. <laughs> Or I didn't hit the stud. It's like, shit, I didn't hit a stud. I need to put an X on the wall where the stud is so I don't actually put my fist <laughs> through the wall. But it's unhealthy behavior. I'm not denying that. But yeah. but it, it it's just a, yeah, there's there's no outlet to it. And then, so let's talk about, I, I have no format for this podcast. I just want to talk to you. And maybe we can even co-release this if you find any value in it, if you want to Heck do that. yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, we will. And, and then just, just the idea of, so the last few, so I wrote the divide in the summer and then felt pretty broken, you know, physically, uh, mentally felt great, but just physically, I just, uh, just Which didn't was want... phenomenal. Oh, thanks. Following you through oh, that. Thanks. It was so cool. Yeah, and actually you can, awesome. you mentioned something to me, how we can talk about it in a bit, but how you, you watched me change uh, oh, yeah. mentally down the route. And I'd like to you to talk to that because and not out of vanity, but out of describing to people what to expect. People who want to do a big event like that, what to expect as far as change and growth. But when I got back, I, I physically not into it. Um, and I've noticed that lately, you know, things have been stressful, but my sleep is suffering. Um, just a lot of things are suffering. But then the last week, getting on the fat bike again, getting out into in, mm-hmm. outside, into nature, you know, physically pushing the body a bit more and now I'm sleeping better. I feel more, you know, why don't you just talk to the importance of, of just getting out, being outside, um, doing something physical, self-care, that kind of thing. Talk to me about that. Yeah. I think, you know, I think we get to respect the season that we're in, right. When we have like, um, a lot of stuff going on or a lot of stress going on, it's like getting to know yourself and and what makes you feel good because at the end of the day it's all about feeling good and at the same time we can stop ourselves from doing the things that we know will make us feel good and so it's recognizing and being aware of that um but yeah moving your body it just depends on the intensity depending on what you're what season you're in right now where you're at mentally emotionally and then the physical kind of comes into it so you can go out there and go all out and it can do more harm than good right you know and then there's sometimes when we need to take it easy and so it's really listening to that and listening to our body i think is the most important um but like all of this like life business health relationships we have to be taking care of ourselves right in all those components and so eating eating well hydrating hydrating is one of the most overlooked overlooked ones it's so easy to do and and so easy not to do Mm -hmm. um and 
and then moving our body and whatever that looks like on that day and just being easy on ourselves and less judgment, more love in those, in those areas. You know, I know that there's a lot of people probably who are watch or listening, watching, cause I'm looking at you, um, listening that, you know, they train for these big events, right? Like that's a huge accomplishment right? The, I think the longest ride at one time I've ever done was on a road bike. And I think it was about 200 K in one day, which was, was good. Yeah. Um, but these multi-day events, I will admit I haven't done yet. Maybe I will, who knows? Cause they are very, well, I talked to you about that before they're appealing. Um, just because it's a big, it's like, it's an accomplishment. It's not, it's not for me, it wouldn't be about, for me, it would be about finishing. Mm -hmm. Um, it wouldn't be about racing it per as, se. as the it divide was for me too. It's like, I just want to get yeah. to the end. Like, yeah, that's all I want. Yeah. So when it comes to, yeah, health, I mean, I was a cycling and nutrition coach, right. Um, for mostly women, but a lot of like a few men, quite a few men reached out to me as well. I don't know what it is about me, but, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy working with men too. Right. Cause when they ask for help. That's like a big deal. I think, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, there's a whole story around that, yeah. you know, that, well, actually maybe that is, we're kind of going on tangents here. Is that cool? Yeah, okay. <laughs> but like, I think the biggest piece about men was an experience that I had when I was at the Toronto international bike show. And I remember this woman, this was so, this was huge for me. This was when I really realized, um, that men need help men need help too. And, um, so I was at, I was at there, I had my booth there cause I did cycling clinics and, you know, for women and stuff like that. And I went down that road just because someone said you should do women only. And I was never into it. Like I, I just didn't, I, that's just not how I am. I'm like, I like both women and men. Anyway, this woman comes up to my table and she says, um, Hey, I was wondering if I could leave some things here. We're doing a memorial ride. I can't remember what shop it was with, but it was a shop in Toronto for, um, this guy, Michael Merrill. And I said, what? And she, I said, who did you say? And she said, Michael Merrill. And I was like, what are you talking about a memory ride? And I had talked to him several times on LinkedIn just because I had a women's group. And so he invited me and the group down to do his, he does one of those, it was kind of like a, like a centurion sort of, uh, kind of like what Vancouver to Whistler, that big ride is oh, like the Fondo right. or something. It was something similar to that only in Toronto. And he, I think he had grown that thing to thou like there were thousands of people that went out to it at one point. And anyway, so yeah, he was no longer with us. And I was in that moment, I was like, holy shit. I said, there's all these movements going on right? There was all these movements going on for every single other thing, except for at least in my world, like what I was seeing out there, maybe there was, but I wasn't seeing it except for middle-aged men. And I was like, I just felt so passionate about that. So I told this guy that uh, was helping me with my women's ride. Cause I, it got big enough that I couldn't handle it. My couldn't handle it all myself. And um, I said, dude, you got to start helping men. I'm like, you got to help them. <laughs> Not that every man, but I was like, you need to like, there's, there's men out there that are middle age struggling. And like, we don't need more of this happening, right? We need them to be thriving. 
right? So, because when, I mean, all of humanity, so I like, I don't know, it's just a big deal to me. And so then that's when I realized <clears throat> doing this whole all women's thing was just not going to be for me because I'm able to actually hold that space for men. And so, and men seem to be drawn to me. And so I have to, like, it, I feel an ob obligation to leave that open. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. But that was like a big pivotal moment in, in through my cycling career where I was just like, I, I didn't realize. And I was like, oh my God, because I grew up on a farm. Right. And it was like, um, I grew up with around really strong men, farm men. Right. And it was like, oh man up. Or it was, uh, don't cry. Don't show your weakness, these kinds of things. Right. And it's like, well, no, that's, that's, that that's wrong. Right. Like men should be able, like men get to express too. Right. And so that's when I really started to think about that. I don't know if that makes, mm -hmm. that makes sense. But anyway, yeah, I just really began to think about, about men in that capacity. So, yeah. Well, no, I, I think, I think a lot of men feel that way. Um, I, I, I sense it sometimes when I, when I open up to certain men that they're, they're a little bit more, they're not really interested in, in, in engaging with you in that way. Mm -hmm. But I also, I also find that some men that I engage with who I didn't think would engage with me in that way do. And I'm like, yep. ah, I see. So I, I think there is, I think there's a need for men to feel safe And you know, in this, there's so much rhetoric around quote, toxic masculinity and, 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 yeah. and it's like, I, I want to say this very respectfully, Yeah. but men and women are just so different and generationally we're, we're, I mean, we are, and we aren't, let me say that. Yeah. I think there's a huge overlap. Uh, we are, and we aren't, but, but generationally as a, a 50 year old dude, it's like a lot of the 50 year old men were brought up a certain way, probably in the way that you're describing yeah. man up, don't show your emotions. My, my, my dad was an emotional guy. Um, and so I, I don't remember ever feeling, um, that if I got upset, I was told to suck it up or whatever. I don't remember that, but I, anyway, I don't recall that, but, but women need to understand that men of a certain generation are raised in that way. And like you said, at the beginning of the podcast, um, we're shaped in a certain way and you can't just like mm -hmm. stop being so toxic. Okay. You know, like we're, we're shaped in that way. Like that's the uh, way women are shaped in the way to what to expect from a man too. Right. Like right. this is what I saw growing up. Right. My dad didn't cry. My, I never saw my dad. I saw my dad cry maybe once in my life. Seriously. So like if it got that, that was so far out of my wheelhouse. Yeah, that's really, right? that's really interesting. And, 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 and that's the thing too. It's the expectations too. We're, we're like, I was raised, this is, this is a lot of the disconnect that I'm having in, in my current life and situation is that I was, and you know, cause we, I don't know if we would call it dated, but we hung out. Right. Yeah. I'm a chivalrous yeah. guy. Like I'm a caring mm -hmm. door opening hand-holding, walking on the right, like on the inside from the street kind of guy. That's the way my dad raised me. So when I'm, when I'm hearing um, from someone that I, you know, they feel like I'm treating them a certain way, there's a huge disconnect because I wasn't raised to, to de demean 
um, to be violent toward, to be, you know, like I'm not, I wasn't raised to be that way. And then you look at me and how I was raised with a dad who like, didn't do like, didn't do that. Like none of that. Right. And so then when a guy shows up and starts doing that, I mean, now I'm very self-aware of what's going on, but you know, back then, if a guy was actually nice, it was just like, <laughs> you know, I, I, Who's, I, I, that, this yeah. guy's a pussy. <laughs> He's, he's like, being yeah, too nice. Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, like par- partially, yeah. but then also like my worth came into that as well. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and that whole idea of, you know, the nice guys finish last, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. like men deal with a lot of the same stuff that women deal with. Do you think when I'm watching a movie with a woman and it's watching Thor, the most recent Thor, Love and Thunder, and, and Zeus goes, poo, and his clothes disappear. And I'm like, fuck, I want that body, man. I want to have that eight pack and have all the women, when they see me naked, faint. Like, I know it's it's yeah. it's a movie, right? But men right. feel that shit too. Like right now, yeah. I've put oh, a bunch yeah. of weight on after the divide. I don't feel that great about myself right now. And but So when I see it, it's it's not triggering, but... But men want to look good too. And we're delivered those same messages about, you know, hairless bodies, you know, completely buff and ripped. And it's like, not until you you actually look into what's involved in getting, I talked to Erin Blevins. Uh, She's a CrossFitter, Mm -hmm. professional CrossFitter. And she trained, I I can't remember the name, um, the newest Superman dude, but she was his nutritionist. And it would be like, okay, okay, dude. Um, you have a tight t-shirt scene coming up. So this week you're eating nothing but meat and you can't drink water. You, you, we have to dehydrate you to make sure that when you put the shirt on, you're fucking like just ripped, right? Popping. Super yeah. not healthy. But, but, no. and, and, but, the, and the same with this Chris, is it, what's his name? Thor, Chris, something. I'm such a bad, bad actor oh, guy. I can't. I'm, I'm really yeah. terrible at yeah. movie. But, but he, actors. it's the same thing. It's like, okay, Thor, Chris, <clears throat> whatever. We're going to, we're going to be ripping your clothes off in this scene. So we yeah. need you to basically starve yourself for the next week and dehydrate yourself. And, and that's what happens with boxers, uh, yep. um, MMA fighters. When they, they go to make weight. They do all this crazy shit to get their weight down so they can be under, under whatever, 150 pounds. And then leading up to the fight the next couple of weeks, then they just go, oh, they eat and train and pump up and rehydrate so that when they go in the ring, they're like 15 pounds heavier. Right. I think they do that with women's like fitness. I'm sure they uh, do the, that. Like that sculpture, too, uh, building, bodybuilding, like totally. women's body, but then the fitness, whatever. I know that they do some rigorous stuff. And I'm not claiming to know a lot about that, but I guess I went on this yeah. huge tangent, but, but, but yeah, um, the, the way we're shaped growing up, the way we're, we're, we're taught to treat each other and treat women and, and what to expect from a women's like, like women or what yeah. they're going to expect, expect from a man. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's all, it's all learned behavior. But then when you finally end up with a, with a woman, uh, and that you really dig, you haven't been you haven't been trained how to communicate with that woman these things like this is what i like in bed what do you like in bed yeah okay oh i'm not really compatible yeah. you know this is what i like when we're this is what i like to do physically this is what i like to do for activity this is these are my even my political stances right and just, then money money is a big one that, money yeah. yeah and just just to talk about that stuff and 
And we're not taught that. We're told what to expect from the other sex or other gender. I'm sensitive around that now. But, you know, yeah. you're, 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 you're trained by, you know, the way you're nurtured through life, what to expect from women and how to treat women. And yeah. that no one, ever, no one ever asks, like, Paige, how would you like me to treat you? Like, how, how do you want to be treated? Tell me how you want to be treated. And and right. I'll and I'll see if I'm that kind of guy or if I even understand it or yeah or you know how do you want to be treated we're as not, a man? We're not taught that, and then we're also like when we're younger, right? It's like we're not that. We just haven't developed that, that emotional <laughs> emotional intelligence yet, or whatever, right? Um, yeah, definitely not something that you know. Oh gosh, there's so much. Um, I, I wish that, you know, I, well, I look at the younger generation now and although I don't have kids, right. You do. And, um, we, you get to share this stuff with them. Right. Yeah. Right. Like when I was young, right. The communication between my mom and dad, like to me, like it, there was communication, obviously, like I love my mom and yeah, of course, you know, my, my dad is, you know, kind of you know, just coming like, well, I don't know, don't have really have a relationship with him, like a very strong one. Um, but there was certain topics that were just not talked about. Mm. Like it was like sex was taboo talking about periods, yeah. like was taboo. Um, it was like to be hidden kind of thing. And, and all that, like so many secrets, you know, and different things like that. Like I watched in other families and that kind of thing. And it was just, now, like a, a parents, I don't know, I'm not a parent, so I can never speak from that perspective. I just have a lot of friends who are. Mm -hmm. So I talk to them a lot about those things. And it's just like being open, mm -hmm. right, to talk about those, talk about all the important stuff, and then what to expect in a relationship. And then but then, you know, again, this is that's that thing, right? It's that's the parents perspective. On yeah, it. and how, and how they were that, shaped. That's their experiences <laughs> that they have. And so yeah. you want what's best for your your kid, right? Yeah. And so then you're going to tell them, you know, here's what to, you know, da 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 like here's what I believe. And then they're going to grow up and they're going to make their own, you're, they're going to figure it out. Right. And, you know, they're going to figure it out. From a parent's perspective, so what I see uh, growing up is like, for instance, um, uh, same partner relationships, same partners kissing stuff like that. You see a lot yep. more of that in the media. Yeah. And I think it's great. I think it's because it's, yes. it's normal. It needs to be normalized, right? Because that's one thing that's been so weird. And so, uh, not sorry, not weird, but just well, I never so unaccepted. Saw, we never saw that. I never saw my parents kiss, ever. Oh, see, that's, that's, yeah. that's tough. So like, yeah. Yeah. See, right? my parents were that always affection. very loving. Yeah, my parents were mm -hmm. always, yeah, like I said earlier, yeah, they fought, couples fight. Um, you know, couples fight and say yeah. stupid shit to each other. But I always saw that they, they always, they were always mm. loving to one another. That was, that's my lens. That's what I saw. But, you know, with, with a lot of the exposure of younger kids to same sex relationships and, and, and different gender issues, there's a couple stories I could share actually. But, um, but that, that comes up. It's like, Jasper's yep. like, is that, are, th are they gay? Two guys kissing. I'm like, yep. And then there's a pause. And I'm like, what do you think about that? He's like, and he kind of shrugs his shoulder, shoulders. I'm like, it doesn't matter who that person is or what 
if they're a boy or a girl, this is my approach. I said, as long as they love you, that's what matters. Yeah. It doesn't matter who they mm-hmm. are. So I'm getting emotional again. Aww. I just want my kids to be loved, right? So it doesn't matter who, yeah. I don't care if, if it's a boy or a girl. Oh, but then the other thing now, we were at a local store and I mean, it was a, it was a, a girl, it was a female, but she was very dressed. She's dressed very, you know, like a boy, right? Mm-hmm. And no judgment. No, I wasn't saying, oh, that person's trans or that person's whatever. They're just who, it's who they are. It's the way they want the dress. But my kids, because yeah. they're young and they don't see a lot of that, they were like, oh, yeah, we went to the store today and that boy, da, 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 da. And I said, actually, that was a girl. But then I, then after I said that, I was like, oh, maybe they're, they're not a girl. Like maybe, you know what I mean? They don't identify right. as that. So it's like, yeah. I, I don't know how to navigate that. Because that's pretty new in today's society. And again, I have no problems. Be who you want to be. Who, who is yeah, it? Yeah, who, who Who is it? Uh, who's the government to step in? Or who's, you know, the stuff that's going on in, in the States with, with even women's rights? And who are they to step in and tell women how to treat their bodies? Or who are you to step in to tell people who, who can get married? It's like, fuck off. It's like these 100%. two. 100%. Right, these, these people love yeah. each other. Who gives a shit, Right. Those two people, yeah. those two people who want to adopt a child, whether they're same, you know, same sex or one's trans and one's blah blah blah, as long as they love each other, why why can't they adopt a child? In fact, they probably have a healthier relationship than a lot of the heterosexual and, couples that are out there, you know. Yeah, and I think like you know, it's just like yeah, if if you don't agree with it, that's okay. You can still love everybody. You don't have to agree like yeah like there's this whole other thing right it's like agreeing to disagree too right on things and still being okay with it you know what i mean yeah um yeah it's it's but i like not to say that i disagree with any i'm 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 of the same completely with you i'm with you on that i'm just like be who you want to be um and I've talked to like there's some younger people here and uh non-binary um and so it's been interesting having conversations with them because it's a retraining of my brain as a 40, you know, mid forties retraining my brain on like pronouns and different things like that. Right. Which I'm just not used to yet. Um, but completely aware of, right. But like, it just flies out of my mouth. I'm like, Oh yeah. Cause I always be like, Hey girl, Hey lady. Like I always do that. Right. Like, it's just, that's how I, it's an, like a, endearing kind of thing and anyway I was talking to a girl she was like in her late 20s and she's just like look she's like Paige she's like we can you can tell when it's coming from a place of love right Right. you you know so it's yeah so it's like yeah because I carry a lot of anxiety about that a little bit right you know because I don't I I never want to disrespect anyone if you want to be if if you want to be identified in a certain way that's fine just correct me and mm-hmm. I will make the adjustment for you. Like I, I, yeah. I was talking to someone the other day and uh, about how I had, and the, the words I used was like, yeah, I, I, uh, I met a, bi- a binary dude on the divide and that said a binary person. I'm like, wow, oh, yeah, you're right. Because I, <laughs> you know, I identified when I first looked at that person, I was like, that's a, a, a male, but learned after they yeah. identified as non-binary. And, and uh, um, we, shared, we shared a hotel room together. And yeah. I, I sat, we were sat, sitting across from each other. We'd just gotten into New Mexico. Um, AJ, I love you, brother. And, or sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were sitting in the hotel room together. And I said, 
can I talk to you about something? I'm really, really curious. And it it comes from ultimate respect. It's like, can you talk to me a little bit about being non-binary and what that means to you? And And he told me, and it's like, to me, I felt... I felt like I had to show a lot of courage to even broach the subject because I'm so yeah. sensitive about it, but I want to learn what it, what that feels yeah. like because I don't feel that way. I I'm again, my lens is this way, man. We take some tangents today. It's yeah. awesome. Um, but, but, but <laughs> nothing's to, off, off bounds. No, I know. But to have the conversation <laughs> with that person and just yeah. to hear their perspective and how they grew up and how they identified and yeah. they never really felt attracted to one or the other. They just kind of felt fluid with it all. And, and, and of course, yeah. depending on your generation, it's like, no, you're a boy, you're attracted to girls. That's the way it is. And if you're attracted to, to men and it's like, I'm, I'm straight. I would say I'm say 95% straight. When I when I'm watching yeah. watching uh you know, I see some attractive dude with a great body, it's like, ah, oh, it's an attractive dude with a great body. Nice. Right. You know, yeah. like I don't yeah. I don't shy away from the maybe that feeling I have that is like, oh, this guy's pretty good looking dude, right? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. No. But yeah, it's there is this fluidity, right, in, in those kind of things. So going back to parenting, also- it's just trying to teach the no, sorry, just quickly, just just trying yeah, to yeah trying to navigate this as an older dude and then also trying to just teach the kids that that a lot of that stuff I mean it matters to those people so when I say this when I say it doesn't matter I just mean it doesn't matter who that person is as long as they they, they treat you right they show you love and you love them that's right you feel comfortable with them yeah they treat you right they respect you it doesn't matter if they're non-buyer right. male female it, it doesn't matter just it's about love right. and respect I agree. Hopefully I didn't I like, dig a grave for myself in that whole thing because I'm really sensitive about talking about I don't think stuff. so. And honestly, well, we can just talk about that actually because, um, you know, I think a lot of the times we try not to say the wrong things, right? And by saying the right things, you know, that are going to be comfortable for people, <laughs> right? And the truth is is that if people have baggage what i call baggage right they've got emotional and mental baggage or and spiritual baggage right then no matter what you say you're going to trigger people like no matter what anyone says there are people out there that you could say have a have an amazing day and you could have a smile on your face and you will trigger the fuck out of someone Because you said, have amazing day with a smile on your face. So if that, you know, and I, and I know this to be true, right? Like that, you know, there's people that I watched as, you know, as I was growing my business and they were triggering me because I wanted to be like them. Right. It wasn't about them. It was about something inside me that was kind of lacking. Right. And so if we can just remember that, that it has nothing to do, has nothing to do with us and that each one of us is responsible to be taking care of ourselves, our mental and emotional bodies. Like we get told all the time to take care of the physical, but we're never told like, oh yeah, I can actually learn to manage my emotions. I can actually learn to manage my decisions and my the, that mental capacity as well, right? And so it's, if someone's triggered by something you say and you didn't mean to say it, well, then you get to have a conversation about it right but if the person's triggered to the point where they can't well they got to take care of their stuff too it's like it's it's, too, it's just like a relationship right it's a two-way street 
right? So if someone gets upset, then then there's stuff to be handled. And then there could be stuff to be handled on both sides, right? Depending on what was said. Does that make sense? No, it does make sense. What what the word that yeah. the word that springs to mind is just intention, right? It's yeah. like it depends on on the attention that you've applied to 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 a conversation you're having with someone. And you can tell, like like your friend said, we you know, they could tell that it's all comes from love, right? It all comes from love. Yeah. Right? So it's 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 like you can tell when someone's being uh, intentionally hurtful or sarcastic or um, That's right. So I get in trouble a lot with intention because maybe the attention, the intention that I'm, I'm applying to my communication may not align with the language that I'm using. Do you know what I mean? Like I've, I've, I've been kind of reading through a book called non, nonviolent communication, but right. how to communicate in a way that's nonviolent, no use statements, you know, just more this, I feel this because I da, 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 stuff like that. Right. Yeah, because no one can make you feel. No one can make you feel. Am I saying that right? No one can make you feel anything. Yeah, you feel that. It's way. how we interpret it. How, yeah, it's how the feeling, the, the feelings and the emotions that we apply are ourselves, right? Yeah. Um, I had another point too. It's the the intention, and then yeah, the, and the language around something. And it seems like just nowadays, intention is just completely dismissed, um, and and it, and it causes all these rifts between all the different silos of people that exist. Like if, again, going back to, to um, talking to someone of, of a different gender and, and if like me saying the non-binary dude, my, I say dude all the time. I say man all the time. Like, Hey man, how's it going? I would say that to you. Like I, it, it, it's, it's just my vernacular. It's, uh-huh. it's not that I'm calling you a man. It's, it, that's not what it is. It's just your term. It's your terms of endearment. It's my zeitgeist. Someone, right? Yeah, it's my zeitgeist. It's just the language yeah. I use, yeah. right? But but mm-hmm. when someone hears that and receives it in a way, you're right. It's them. It's them receiving it in that way. And it's like, no, no, no. You don't don't misunderstand. Let's have a conversation about this. And then tell me, don't ever use man with me. Cool. I'll really try not to do that. But under also understand that my intention is love. My intention is kindness. My intention is connection. It's, it's not that yeah. I'm dismissing your identity, you know, that, that didn't yeah. happen. That's just a, an example I've created, but, but it is, uh, ang- it causes a lot of anxiety. I know for, for a lot of older dudes my age who are like, yeah, man, I just, I just don't want to talk anymore. I just can't talk anymore because if I say something, it's interpreted the wrong way. It's, you know, it's just because of the language I'm using. It's like, yeah. But I think like a conversation like this and just having a conversation with someone who identifies in a different way to you per se is like opens those doors when you're talking with the right person, like, you know, someone who is like, I would say secure in who they are. Right. And so like that guy, what was his name? AJ? Right. Like AJ, like he was a perfect person to be able to talk about that with. He was, and he's a beautiful person and he has a beautiful partner and he has great kids, you know, and, and his partner is just super supportive. I don't know if they're married or not. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and she happens to be female, but that's not how he identifies, right? He just happened to land with a female that loves him and they love each other. And that's where they are. It could have been, it could have been another male or another non-binary person or another person. So it's, yeah. it's like, um, he was, he was so, I, I was so intimidated to talk to him about it, but I was so curious and he, he answered my question with, with patience and grace. And, and I think that just yeah. created, 
an even stronger bond. Like he's, he's, it's a more intimate relationship between you and him, right? Like that's, it's like intimacy. I remember I learned this into me, you see. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was good. Yeah. And then, then even after that, we, we would run into each other and it was like, Hey, you know, I ran into AJ in the middle of the night. I was going to, I was going to ride through the night and, uh, and I was so low. I was on such a, a, just a mental low. And then I saw this headlamp in the distance and I could see by the shape who it was. I'm like, AJ, Steve. And it's like, oh, fuck. I'm camping right here tonight. <laughs> awesome. I'm camping right here tonight. Because it just, I just wanted to have like just a good person around me, right? <laughs> it was so nice to have that. So going back again, yeah. I, I don't want you to describe this out of, out of vanity, but we're talking a lot about personal growth and stuff, but tell me how you saw yeah. me transform over the 27 oh, days yeah. that I was riding on the divide. Can you describe that to me? Like I'm trying to remember, but what, what sticks out in my mind was uh, when you first started, like things, things were going sideways, right? Like things, things did not start off on the right foot for you. I think they started um, off on the right foot, I think. but I realized physically that I was probably not going to be able to reach the goal I had, which was like a 21 day finish. And I knew after that first yeah. day, I was like, I knew that I, I, it, it was at Coco Claims Pass. So it was like a hundred and, uh, 100 miles in, 165K in, and ordinarily, I would have pushed the pass. I would have pushed all night. I would have pushed through the night, but I just wasn't feeling it. And then I I struggled with that. It was like, yeah, I think from what I recall, it was like those first few days, and it was pretty quick that you realized that you were like, hmm. And so then there was like, there were some times, like especially in the beginning where you were like, you just weren't sure if you were going to be able to, to do it. You know, if you were going to be able to finish this thing, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, I thought I was going to have to pull the pin early because I I felt like I felt really felt like I had a, I had a heart out because of what I told the family I was going to do and the plans we had afterward. Yeah. And then, then you started, you started to see the shift happening. You started like connecting with people and then you started to see the shift happening to, um, you know what, this is not going to go how I planned and I'm going to be okay with this. And that you really started listening to your body and as hard, like as much as your conscious mind was coming in and was saying like, you just keep going, keep going. Like, I remember there was that one place that you got to where it was going to be like, what did you call that mud? It's like probably like a clay mud, right? It would just have destroyed your bike, right? Yes, it would have. And it did actually AJ, the the person we were talking about said the same thing. He went in there and he had texted us. We were at Elkhorn Lodge and he was like, guys, it's gnarly in here. And we, we, we <laughs> yeah. just, and he, and, uh, he created a, a, a reroute. They, mm-hmm. they created a reroute. I'm not sure what his pronouns are. See, now I'm all sensitive about it. Um, we got a, a reroute, uh, from that person. And then we ended up taking the reroute on the pavement. And it turns out yeah. we could, we could have taken the, the section cause it was dry enough. But at that time, it's like, nah, we just want to have a good time. Like, we just want to have a, a good ride. So, yeah. And yeah. so it was like you, you started taking those like reroutes and just being okay with it, which is just so like indicative of life, right? It's like we have this plan of how things are going to go, and then we meet these obstacles, right? And then it's like, the obstacles there we get to go over around under 
it's whatever we do, right? We got to go around the thing. But the thing is, is that you, you, you went around it. Like you, you found a way to keep going despite what was going on in your head. And then it was like, the more you found ways, the more you realized, yeah, like I am going to do this thing. This is, this is the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life. And at the same time, like you were just proving to yourself again and again and again, that you could find a way to work it out and how, and just how resourceful you were to be able to do it and how like self-aware you were to do it, to do it by like taking the pauses when your conscious mind was saying, shouting, going, shouting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. My buddy Jim and I stopped in Wamsutter and we had a talk in the hotel room about it. It's like, how are you feeling about this man? And it's just like, yeah, I'm having a hard time to be honest, you know, because when you go up to the subway to, to the to the um, should I forget what the truck stops called? Damn it. They're all over the place. Nah, I gapped it. When you go to the truck stop and you're getting, you know, dinner, subway dinner and a bunch of roller dogs or whatever and a bunch of riders come in and they're talking about how how far they're going to push the next day and blah, blah, blah. Then you go back to the hotel room with your calories and you're like, how are you feeling? It's like, oh, fuck. It's like comparison game. Totally. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. it's kind of like a bit embarrassing, but at the same time, I, I got to the finish pretty much ahead of some of them and maybe an hour behind some of them. So even despite taking, you know, maybe an entire day off, um, it, it helped in the long run just to get that recovery and, and just to feel a bit better. What is that saying? It was like the something, some, the something wins the race, you know. Oh, I can't remember. Well, there was a, a thing that I've re- I've said on the I think it was on the last podcast that it's like, it's 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 not the cards you're dealt; it's how you play the hand. That's right. Right. Ooh, I love that. That's a good one. Hey, yeah. I can't remember where it I. It is so good. Someone told me that, but it, but it is true. It's like especially in the, say in the case of the divide, it's like, you know, the first zero I took with um, Tim and. Was it Whitefish? I think it was Whitefish. Maybe. I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. But but we, we, we ended up meeting there because we both took a zero, went to a bowling alley and had dinner. And, you know, we were staying pretty close, close proximity. And we, I think we left together. Um, but it's like the reason we took the zero is because, okay, the weather says it's going to get three feet of snow in, in the past oh. that we have to go over. And it's like, do we want to do that? Is that going to, is that wise? Are we ready to do that? And. I I was like, gear wise, I could have done that, but it probably in the long run, it might've actually set you back where if Mm -hmm. you just kind of waited it out and then go through when the skies are clear, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it just depends on your goal. Yeah, I do. And listening to those nudges, right? Like listening to those whispers, right? And following those, because like you said, in the end, you ended up doing like get passing some of these people who are pushing through. Right. Yeah. And and it's, some of them scratched you know, and some of them. So it's like, there's not even a right, there's not a right way to do it. It's your way to no, do it. It's whatever you choose right. to do it. And yeah, sure. I was, I was relegated as taking a reroute. Right. I was, I was uh, again, re- relegated. A, a couple of us were relegated to touring because we weren't mm-hmm. quote unquote doing it fast enough. And I remember putting a post out that I was pretty pissed off about that. It's like, why do we have to put that, that category, you know, why do we right. have to say, oh, you're just touring. You're not good enough to be a racer. It's like, no, we're all out here doing the best we can to get to the finish line. Right. And then you're putting in all these little, I mean, maybe it's intentional. Maybe it's intentional but then just that's, to. 
But then that's your interpretation too of it. Yeah, but I ended up what someone said I quote unquote stomped the broom. They call it the broom. The broom oh. flag is going down. So Yes. So uh I ended up stomping it in the end. I don't know by by how far, but I ended up getting ahead of it. Huh. So yay, yay me. Huh. But it but it did when we talked about it at first uh with a couple other guys, I was so pissed. Just because there's yeah. people out there who are less fit than me, less experienced than me, who who are still out there doing it, who I admire because Right. You know, I, the only reason I did the divide is because I did a 700, you know, a couple 500s, you know, a thousand, a 2000. I kept building, building my experience and mm-hmm. experience up knowing that when I went into the divide, it wasn't that intimidating, but some people just, mm-hmm. I'm going to do the divide this year and they buy a bunch of gear. Mm-hmm. They don't have much experience and they get to the end and they finish it. Yeah. They shouldn't be designated as a broom. They should be designated as a fucking badass because like they, a, as a, yeah, yeah, because totally. they got off yeah, their, got you. off the couch and they actually did something did that it. not many people do, regardless of how long. That's it right. Takes. So, and the other thing that I noticed with you was, um, you really began to focus on the the connections you were making, whether it was like the town that you rolled into, the place that you stayed, and like so many opportunities opened up too, like for places to stay. Um, yeah, I thought that that was really, you, it was almost like there was this mental shift where you were like, it seemed like you were enjoying Mm. the, the process and the unfolding of it and the people and really focusing on the people that you were meeting. Um, yeah. Yeah. To me, it's, it's the, the people make it, I mean, the ride is amazing, and the, the yeah. landscapes you, you ride through and the differences, I just remember picking my head up in New Mexico and looking around. I'm like, holy shit. It's like red yeah. rocks and mesas and oh my God, there's cactus. I mean, I was, I was aware, but sometimes you're just in the cave and you don't really process it. But to, to, to think that, you know, the beginning you're hiking over Canadian passes in the snow and then suddenly you're down in the desert. You know, you rode yeah. your bike, you rode your bike there, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the people I always, uh, ju- I, I posted a picture the other day. I sent it to my buddy, Tim, and it was a picture of, um, oh, I, I'm not going to remember, remember where it is, but yeah, I uh, remember you mentioning him. Yeah. He, Wagner, right? Yeah, Tim that's right. Wagner? Yeah. Okay. And he had said, he goes, yeah, I remember Jim and I got to the campsite first and we were hoping that you were going to get to the campsite because yeah. I was, I was only about 20 minutes back, but my pedal had seized as we entered this area. So one of my flat pedals like seized. Like it was roll, yeah. rolling under my foot. So I had to grind that out so that it would stop doing that. So I kept doing that. But it, but that was a really mental low. But then as I was coming into this town or this little village looking for this campsite and, and mm-hmm. I rolled in and I saw them, it was like, oh my God, I'm so happy to see you guys. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's like, I'm glad that this day is done for one. Yeah. Like, cause it was just, wasn't a horrible day, but worrying that your pedal's going to fall off its spindles, right? It's like... That's not that great. And Pinedale was still like 150 miles away. So I had quite a yeah. ways to go with this pedal. And it was driving them crazy when I rode with them. Because it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just, <laughs> it would just squeak. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. I was taking my chain lube and squirting it in there trying to make it stop. So, yeah, you know what? Those those events are like life. It's like distilled life. It's, it's like well, super it's like, high. It, it's, and like for you too now, it's like that like what I'm hearing or I'm seeing like is that it's created this community, this sense of belonging of this 
huge event that you've done that like you know that you get to connect with other people who've done it other years but that you just have that undeniable connection with those people that you actually did it with right who are part of that experience yeah and everyone has the same story and actually that the podcast i just put out with with valerie masuda the psychedelic therapist the common thread through that even 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 forgetting psychedelic therapy and the psychedelics is just like before any of that mm-hmm. mental health and trauma it's about community it's about communication it's about vulnerability it's about all that stuff and that yeah. and that a lot of these and you had mentioned before how um certain physiological things they're just a manifestation of of trauma you know yeah. like your body responds to trauma in ways like pain and inflammation and bad stomachs and you know hair loss for me well yeah i had a wart on my finger and when i did the work that i do like i had warts on my fingers i got them when i was like 15 15 years old but there was a traumatic event that happened that i didn't realize was that was that big you know because i spent years like you know did psychotherapy different things like that and then when i did when i learned to do what i do and i had a breakthrough um, cause it's like a breakthrough is not just like you have a breakthrough. It's like a, it's like a two day experience, right? It's a two day intensive experience. And after that, my wart was gone. I had that thing for 30 years, So strange, 30 some years. And I'm the next day I was like in the washroom and I was sitting there and I guess I had this habit of rubbing it with my thumb like this. Yeah. And I was like you know, how your mind when something's different triggers. And I was like, what? And I got my glasses to look and it was flat as pancake. And I was like, no way, because I tried compound W I tried like, you know, all the things over the counter things. I'd never gone to the doctor to get it burned off. I was too chicken. And, um, and then it for it to be and I thought, nah, I looked and I I was like, where's that black dot, you know, because there's like a root. And, um, which is so like, like just such an amazing analogy for getting the root of a problem when you yank the root out, you know, like, it's just so, so anyway, I'm looking for it. I was like, yeah, it'll come back and it's never come back. And I had one on this finger and I'm not sure which, um, breakthrough I did that got rid of that one. But I remember going to, I was on my yoga mat and I went to go and scratch my finger and I thought, oh, don't. Cause you'll, it'll catch it and it'll bleed or something like that. And it was gone too. So it, it, you know, when things are showing up in the physical, it's like working backwards, right? You gotta, you gotta work on those spiritual, mental, emotional bodies. Um, and you can actually heal through that. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting. Like just, you know, what you're saying about the divide and the community and, and how we're talking about trauma, but yeah, just, I just feel like despite a lot of my connections with people being remote, mm-hmm. e relationships, right? I have all these great relationships with people, yeah. people I talk to all the time, send voice messages back and forth yeah. with, and, and we're connected. Awesome. Yeah. And that, that's really, um, accentuated my life. I think a lot, you know, just to, just to know that and and even even sharing with some of the people who reach out to me um with stuff that they're going through it's like hey man mm-hmm. thanks for sharing what you're going through here's what i'm going through just to have that that connection then you just feel less alone right you feel like you've got some some 
compadres out there who understand where you're coming from, men and women, right, who have been mm-hmm. through things that reach yeah. out to me and just say how, benef- and- how beneficial the podcast is, which makes me proud, sharing conversations yeah. like this with people that they can resonate with, but then also mm-hmm. also just creating a space where people feel free to to reach out to me on email and say, hey, man, I love you, and here's you know, here's my story. And sometimes your stories are like, Oh my God, like I've got it. So like what I'm going through is tough, but yeah. Like, like to just, you know, to, to your point here, right? Like people sharing stories and stuff, you know, this whole wart story that I had on my hand, like I'll tell you just short Cole's notes, but like I, when I was 15 years old, um, my boss walked down, I was working at an IGA for those in Canada. It's IGA <laughs> food. It's now Foodland, I think. I think you still have them out there actually IGA. in BC. They're, they're still IGAs. Don't anyway, I, um, I was working as a cashier there and my boss at the time, the woman, the wife came down and she fired me right there, right in front of everybody. And I, I kind of knew, but I didn't know for sure. And so you know what that that experience there i got a bunch of warts but it was because my my mom like this is all we're all good my mom and i've talked about all this stuff and i'm all you know healed from this and everything but like my mom had an affair with um my boss the husband and so then i was like the sort of the collateral like i was in that cla- what would you call collateral whatever like the the ricochet like it was like the bomb went off and then bystander. i got hit right yeah, yeah the bystander yeah, collateral damage, yeah. kind of thing yeah <laughs> without calling it damage yeah. yeah um you know and so like that kind of followed me through life i didn't realize how much of that that i had been carrying mm-hmm. right with me and um and that that and that i guess my point is is that like sometimes it's not even your fault Hmm. right like you're just you just kind of got caught you got caught in it right and it's and it's continuing to to you know play out in your reality because for me that that came up in a breakthrough where I was just me wanting to do something that I loved and make make a lot of money doing it I had no idea that it was like had impacted my career, but then also impacted my relationships and my abilities to trust and different Mm -hmm. things like that. Right. So it doesn't even have to be something that you, you, you did, Mm. I guess, do you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's just a life event that, that left an indelible mark on you. That's right. But that you can overcome it. And then you can come, you can, you can make peace with it. And I mean, like, truly, you know, like, cause I thought that I had handled it and I didn't, I hadn't. You did by ba- burying so, it. Yeah, yeah. And I did, I buried it. And even through some of the therapies that I did, I still hadn't handled it. Right. And so um, and now, you know, my mom and I, we had a relationship where for two years, we like, we text like I didn't even go to Christmas or anything like that. And we just text each other on um, Merry Christmas or happy birthday. And that was it. Right. Um, and now we have an amazing relationship because I, she hasn't done any work on her own self. I did it. And I know that sounds work, but I did the, the inner, per, like that, 
that inner work, you know, there's no way around it. Right. It's like to, to get past those things myself. And when I did my breakthrough with like on family, it was like a giant weight was lifted off of me, you know, it was like, oh my God. And I forgave, forgave her, but I just had such compassion because uh, yeah, I, in my case, I'll speak for myself in my case, the things that w- happened weren't out of like hate. It was just, just a lot of stuff, like a lot of trauma there. Right. And, and people project it like we were talking about. So T- tell me a little bit about forgiveness. Well, forgiveness, you know, is not, I mean, I think a lot of people can have a hard time with that, right? Like, I'm not going to forgive them what they did. Like, well, let's just say for my mom, for example, I was like, I will not forgive her. And I said this, I will not forgive her until she says sorry for what she's done. It's what she did in my mind at the time, what she said, not what she did, what she said was unforgivable in my mind, right? but you've got to forgive yourself first, you know, and you, and forgiving other people, it's, it's not about them because oftentimes, you know, we're, we're upset at ourselves about it. Maybe how we were in the situation, um, maybe that we couldn't do anything in the situation. You know, we're, we're upset with ourselves. We feel shame. We feel angry. We feel fearful and, you know, sad and all those kinds of things. But really when you're, when you're forgiving someone else, you're forgiving your, you're forgiving yourself. And there's a really great tool that you can use. I use it pretty much every day. It's called Ho'oponopono. And it's not what you see. If you, if you Google it, you'll see a bunch of stuff out there. Um, But this one in particular that I use is, um, is really, really good. Um, because it's just, I forgive you, please forgive me too. And that's it. Right. And then we're, we're energetically tied to everyone that we come into contact with. So it's such a great practice to do at the end of the day, you just kind of put everybody onto a stage who you've come into contact with, whether it's mentally, emotionally, spiritually, or physically, right. You put them on a stage and you send them love. And then you say, I forgive you, please forgive me too, because it's a two-way street always, right. And I forgive you, please forgive me too. And then you, you send a a white thing down, a white blanket down to just cut the cords and then that's it. It's just a nice way to be able to cut those energetic connections with people because we do everything is energy. And I know, (laughs) I I know that's it. Like you might be like page. No, no, I, no, I don't. I think, um, I think the one thing going back to uh to psychedelics is um I think I told you a little bit about uh I haven't done it for a while but I was microdosing psilocybin for a while taking very very small amounts of psilocybin mm-hmm. and um what I've what I've learned through that is exactly is exactly that there there's this energy that we all share yeah and sometimes we it's, it's hard to be vulnerable with people. And so there's this veil in front of it. That's between us. There's a shower curtain (laughs) between us, right? That that's keeping us, it's keeping each other from seeing, it's keeping the other person from seeing your true self, who you truly are, your authentic self. And what I find with, 
with the small doses of, of psilocybin, there's no, no tripping, there's no um, visual artifacts, just, there's nothing like that. But there, it takes that veil away. Yeah. If I can explain that a bit further, if you take if you take more mushrooms, if you take not heroic doses, but if you take say, you know, a gram of of dried psilocybin mushrooms, you notice what I notice is that every, you everyone apparently has their own color. They have this their own color. So my color tends to be you know yellow. So there's this yellow, almost like night mode on your phone. You know, things kind of go yellow. Yeah. 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 I see that. Some other some people see different colors. And it's not vivid. It's just like, it's almost like you're just putting a very light yellow lens in front of your... And the other thing I noticed yeah. is that that the way the environment's moving around you, it's almost like there's this this veil. Like just this light, mm-hmm. like almost like it's a really light fabric that's around you. And you can almost see it kind of like, not billowing, but just moving in the wind. This this sounds really like woo as well, but it almost feels like you just re- reach I out. Love woo. Yeah, and it's like you could reach out and 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 pull the veil aside, which I think is what heroic doses do. Is it basically yeah. takes the veil and it just rips it down, and you just see everything without the veil of ego in front of you, without this mm. cracked lens of the way you were shaped in front of you. And, and, and it allows you to be vulnerable. It allows things to bubble up from deep inside. But it, with the, with the micro doses, it's similar because it, you, you tend to feel this quote energy like you're talking about. Well, sorry, I shouldn't even quote mm-hmm. that because there is energy between us all. Yeah. And it allows that, um, it, it almost increases the bandwidth between people by dropping mm-hmm. this veil. So, so despite that other person, maybe not, well, not being, microdosing mushrooms because it's very I don't think there's many doing it um, you will feel a very strong connection with that person and through conversation you can actually you'll you'll sense them opening up to you because they sense your peace they well, sense your love open. your love and your openness and your non-judgment that all goes away even with the tiniest amount of the compound in your system it goes away and you can have these truly mm-hmm. authentic deep conversations with people um mm-hmm. so that's all i'm going to say about that so it's like yeah no the, the energy thing no I, I i'm on board with that i think we're all connected in some way we're all derived mm-hmm. from fungus like you talked about how we're all shaped generationally to behave mm-hmm. in a certain way and it's just it, it's just built in it's in our nature to be a certain way and and it's a lot mm-hmm. of work to work against that it, it's like we all we we come from fungus right we come from there we come from the, the, that lower life form so, which is why yeah. i think some of these these compounds like i'll say cannabis uh you know and mushrooms and uh peyote and these things that naturally grow that we've we've been consuming mm-hmm. as as pink apes for thousands of years right that they have a yeah. they have a place they have a place in us i'm sounding very joe rogan yeah. right now which i'm not too into but but <laughs> but there's a place there. There's a place for these compounds. And I think there's a reason why we respond to them the way we do. It's because it's our it's it's where we come from, right? It's where well, it's we even, come from. Well, it's even it's even, you know, I heard someone talking last night. I was just out at a, a networking thing. 
And she said, well, yeah, she's like, even alcohol is used to enhance certain things. Like, so if you say flower essences, for example, I have a friend who's into that, right? So she makes them herself and you have to use alcohol to bring out the, I don't know how it works anyway. It's like a solvent. It's just, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like, um, but it's using these things in a really healthy way, Right. Like I've never, all oh, I did, I did ayahuasca twice. You did? Right. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll have to have another podcast about that. <laughs> I didn't realize, I don't think I realized that. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So I've done, I've done that. And, and I think, you know, it's like microdosing on different things, but also working on the, uncon- like, I know it's working on the unconscious, but you've been working on it in other ways too. Um, yeah like it's just diversifying what you're how you're going about your healing um your healing process and stuff and yeah um one of the things that i thought of too was oh do i bring this up yeah it's just kind of like you know going back to those beliefs and values and then you know when we're walking around in life how i talk about like a hallway right and so it's like when you're doing all the different things to heal you know, you have a hallway and say on, uh, the left side of the hallway, you've got what's left. Yeah. You've got your past, right. For example. And so like, you've got some, like, or just say just that it's the left side of the hallway. You've got anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt, any, you know, events that have happened, they're all like piled in that door in those doors. And then you've got on the other side of the hallway, you've got all your like positive and, um, adventure and fun and joy and you know just all those empowering empowering words and beliefs and it's kind of like whatever is the most dominant one is the screen so when you're talking about the like the uh microdosing and how it kind of lifts the veil it's like that's the that's the lens through which you're looking through life right whatever is the dominant door whatever the one has the most stuff in it sometimes they're overflowing which is where those outbursts come from um that's, that's, that is the lens that you're looking through life. So you can think of all the opportunities and stuff that you might not see because you just can't see it because you're looking through this, this limit, sort of limiting your potential lens. Right. So when you begin to do things like say what I do, you know, with, you know, breakthroughs and then, you know, microdosing and therapy and all the different things, right. You're like clearing the lens right? So that you can actually begin to see different opportunities in front of you that were there all along. Yeah. They were there all along. Yeah. The only thing holding us back is us ourselves. That's right. 100, 100. And it's that, that right there, like is one of the most humbling sentences. The only thing holding us back is ourselves because it's so true, but it takes like for someone to actually admit that is like a big deal. It's a big deal because it means when you're actually able to, to say, you know what, I'm the one who's holding me back. Shit. Like it's not, it's not, it it takes you from being a victim to being at cause for your life. Yeah. And when you are able to do that, you've won right there. Your life may not be where you want it to be. But when you can, when you can sit there and say, I am responsible for this, the only thing that's getting in my way is me. You've already won now. Now it's like, how, how do I, how do I change this? 
how do I, how do I change how I'm thinking? How do I change how I'm perceiving this? Like, what is it that I don't know that if I did know would just take me to new levels, create new experiences, just enhance and make everything just more, just better, right? More better, more better, more better, yeah, (laughs) yeah, more better, but like, just make it extraordinary. Cause it's like I said on that video, like we all deserve that. And it's not always going to be that. It's not always going to be no. that. There's going to be times when it's, when it's like, like this, this situation, like sitting here, podcasting right. with you, thinking about how, how I got here. I never wanted to be here. I don't, I never mm. wanted to be here. I didn't want this. This is the last thing I wanted, but mm-hmm. it was, it was the path that I needed to take to to at least start the path of being my authentic self again. Yeah. And, and I, I feel that way as much as, as much as I, I miss my kids, you know, mm-hmm. as mu- much as I miss, you know, it's, it's still new. We're still navigating all that, but as much as mm-hmm. I miss my kids, um, I, I had them last night. I'm going to have them for the weekend and I'm going to, we're going to have so much fucking fun. I just, that's all I want. I just want to be able to, parent them the way I want and have fun with them the way I like and keep it chill and, and hug and kiss the shit out of those kids as much as I can. Like just really, really love and support those kids. So they know that it doesn't matter what's happening between. And how is that and different from how you were when you, where you were before? Is it, is it different now? Well, I've always been told by the, by the, through therapy and actually through some really good friends, like when I, when I talked to my buddy, Alan, he's like, he's from Texas. So he's mm-hmm. like, Steve, just hug those kids. You just hug those <laughs> kids, Steve. They're the only thing that matters. I love that guy. And, and he says that all the time. And, and that's actually something I, I learned in um, therapy with Matt Bain. He was just like, uh, and Sue Bradley um, was, was, focus on loving your kids that's all you can do right now you can't mm. you know that's all you can do that's all you can do and that's all I've really tried to do but the, the way it feels different is I um, I feel like you know talking about intentions and the language we use it's like I, I, I can speak free, more freely I can I feel like I can show love the way I want to show love I mm. feel like I can um, there's a there's obviously there's a bit of a freedom to it because you know, splitting, splitting time with my kids. I had a, a very close friend tell me, it's like, if, if all married couples with kids could just act and behave as if they were separated, they'd be way happier. <laughs> right. Which is interesting, right? Which is super interesting. It's very interesting. Right? Yeah. Because, um, that, that person separated and, uh, and, and divorced. So, but, but it's, 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 I feel like I'm, yeah, I feel like I'm not going against the grain anymore. I just feel mm. like, like, it's almost like this was the path. This is always going to be the path Yeah. in a way, you know, like not, not, I, I mean, I'm accountable for where I am in life and I've always taken accountability and throughout this whole experience, I've taken accountability for my behavior, for the way I act, but I also take accountability for the great way I love the great husband Mm. I was trying to be the great father I'm always trying to be Um, I take accountability for all of it and and you know the positive side I'm proud of that 
And I've been told that. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, you seem and like it- you're a really good dad and a good dude. It's like, I am a good person. But I've been going against the grain, not being my authentic self. Mm-hmm. And it's resulted in mm-hmm. in behavior that's not conducive to a healthy relationship. And now that I'm on another path and I'm in another relationship that's open and communicative and I'm being loved and I'm able to show love in a mm-hmm. way that I've never been able to do it before. And there's a freedom to that. There's a, it feels right. It feels, I'm just happier. You know, you've, you've seen me at the lowest page. You've seen mm-hmm. me at the ultimate lowest, like you really have. And, yeah. and, and then I feel like I'm projecting better. And as soon as I, I, I consciously made the decision, you know, to stop hanging on so, so tightly to what wasn't mm-hmm. working that um that it just it just feels different it it just feels yeah. more authentic it just feels right it hurts like it hurts a lot there's not a day that goes by that i don't feel some hurt you know right. but i just try to i just try to keep creating playing more guitar you know um trying to create just ride bikes do more of what makes you feel good yeah do more of what makes you feel good in those moments right yeah so that yeah man it's it's just see i see man that's the same man all the time so it's just like yeah it just it just feels right and and nothing you know i hope that that the the my partner feels the same way i hope that that she can Mm -hmm. find her own path through it all and feel and sense the freedom and 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 can she can be her authentic self and and um, you know, yeah, love's a weird thing, right? It's just, it's, yeah. it's taking, it's also like being able to, you know, at some point, like taking what you've learned from that, mm. right? Like, like just even the contrast from where you were to where you are right now. And like, what is it about it that is so great and write all that stuff down. Right. Um, because yeah. that's, you know right yeah it's like we yeah relationships are complex right and they take communication everything like that but it really comes down to needs and needs not being met and then why are needs not being met well communication yeah right and values right like maybe values were mismatched maybe there was communications that didn't happen at the beginning right where values were mismatched right from the get-go Right. But then we just kind of go, we just kind of keep going. Yeah. And you know, that's, I know that was true for me. And that's another, that's another generational thing. Like we talked about, you know, probably an hour Mm -hmm. ago was like uh, the values, the way you're raised, you know, grow up, get married, have kids, Mm -hmm. monogamous long-term relationship. Right. That's right. So it's, I never want, I, I, I I said this months ago, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to fucking give up. I'm going to keep doing the, doing my work, working on myself, trying to be a better dad, get rid of the anger, be more patient, you know, be more understanding, you know, try to communicate I just kept like, I don't want to give up, but yeah, you know, eventually, I mean, I, I still don't feel like I gave up. It's, I, it, I, I didn't give up. I just, no. I just said, okay, well I've got a, the, 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 it's a different battle. I need to, I need to fight a different fight now. And that fights yeah. for, for myself now. And, 
to be the best mm-hmm. the best person I can for my kids. That's really what I want. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because we lead by example. Yeah. <clears throat> we should land this plane. You know what we never did? <laughs> Actually, you know what we never did? <laughs> so funny. We, we, we stumbled right into it so so fast. Are you happy with, with this conversation? Yeah. Did you enjoy it? So yeah, many tangents. I loved it. There was a comment. I on... loved it. Good. Like seriously. Awesome. I love I love talking about this stuff. Oh, I love yeah. I love talking I'm, to you. I'm dead serious. So yeah. there was a there was a, a comment on on Apple Podcasts about the podcast and uh, a dude had said uh, has more tangents than a dodecahedron. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is a really good example go, of that. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. um, you know what we didn't do and what we should have opened with, and I'll probably just leave it at the end. I might cut it out and put it at the beginning. <laughs> Who are you, Paige Royal? <laughs> oh yeah i forgot oh yeah who am i who are you why why are we talking to you yeah who who are you (laughs) who the hell am i and what what do you mean by what do you mean by like who am i well you are a uh coach you are i am yeah go on your marketing spiel tell people who you are and what you're about do you want to do that or you i look like you look like i put you on the spot yeah i know it's like oh yeah okay well Briefly, I don't know how we came across one another. I think maybe Instagram, I found you. Um, and I noticed you were a coach. And then I think I just emailed you. And I just said, "Yeah, hey, long time no see, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you were on my, you went through my website, I think. I think so. I think so. Oh, yes. I don't know. But something came to me and I was like, Steve O'Shaughnessy. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> and uh and yeah. then uh, you, you were a coach and then i think i remember we ended up just talking randomly and then yeah um connecting connecting randomly and then you suggested we get together and talk in a more formal way yeah and i remember um uh you you shared some of the mental and emotional release documentation for me you gave me some of these exercises which have been profound i, I did not have the resources mm-hmm. to be able to pursue the the full gamut, which I really wanted to do, but I just couldn't, I, I couldn't do that. And, uh, mm-hmm. but what's tell, tell the folks about page Royal coaching. Page, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you look, you look so Paige. awkward. You're squirming and you're seedling. I know I'm squirming. Well, I'm Paige. Yeah. And, um, well, you've heard a lot of, like heard a lot of my story. Well, or you're going to hear a lot of my story through this podcast. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I was a, I worked in corporate securities as a paralegal for many, many years and I wanted to leave corporate, right. And start my own business. So I, I landed first doing, doing cycling. I was a cycling and nutrition client or a coach for, uh, mostly women, some men. And what I began realizing through that was that it really wasn't about the skills and it wasn't really about like the food. It was about how people were thinking about it. And I was like, I need to be a mindset coach, but how do I do that? (laughs) And uh, so then when I went through my pressure cooker years, which I've chatted about, um, that's when I got on to um, working with NLP and mental and emotional release and hypnosis. Um, and so really now I help, I, I'm more focused on, I, I mean, I help anybody, but I am more focused on helping um, entrepreneurs and business owners get out of their own way so that they can take their life and, and their business to the next level. Cause 
like, you know, how we mentioned, we are our biggest obstacle. And so uh, what I work on is the inner game, right? It's there's the inner game and there's the outer game. And so like just health, for example, right? You have like a whole bunch of diets out there and a whole bunch of gyms and different workout programs. And we sign up for these things and then we don't do them. Why? That's the piece that I hang, uh, that I work on is like, what's preventing you, blocking you or slowing you down from getting the result that you want. And how do we overcome that by overcoming the blocks inside, inside you, right? So that's, that's what I do. And that's how, you know, how we do it. <laughs> I don't know. Should have been. It should have been. No, no. I'm not. I'm not laughing at that. It's just kind of funny that we should have did that right off the get go. Because people like, who the fuck's this Paige Royal check? She seems to know a lot of stuff about stuff. Does that make sense? It did. Yeah. 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 It did. And that's that's kind of what I what I experienced through working with you a little bit was just the idea of, uh, um, of yeah, just getting out of your own way for one, and then just really learning how to. I mean, learning how to love yourself more and forgive yourself more, Mm -hmm. and 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 act in a way that'll that's going to facilitate you getting what you desire out of life yeah and and honestly like really what i do is but this is the one that people don't want to hear is that i help people create a deeply connected relationship with themselves Mm. like no one want you know love acceptance and that kind of stuff doesn't really sell right? Like people, they're looking for a specific problem to be solved. Like I want a relationship. I want to lose 50 pounds or I want to make more money in my business. I want more clients that, you know, that's what people are looking for. Right. And there's all the how out there, like how to do all that stuff. Mm. You could Google today and you could find a hundred ways to do it. Right. But what's stopping you from doing it and following through on it, taking action on it, And then being able to hold that, to be able to maintain that Mm. or take it to the next level and get the results that you want in your life, right? And so how do you do that? Well, it's creating a deeply connected relationship with yourself, knowing yourself, accepting yourself, because a lot of the times we fear what other people will think of us. We have imposter syndrome. We feel like a fraud, like we're not good enough, like we're not worthy of this. We can't charge what it is that we're worth. Mm. We, We don't charge you know, because who am I? Right. Or, and, and we're just not able to actually take the actions that we know we need to take. Why? That's, that's, that's the piece. So I get people out of their own way so that taking action and following through on these things becomes more easy and effortless. So that's really what I do. That's great. That's a great description. And I, I would say my experience yeah. is that it's exactly that it's, it's showing, I mean, we, we've worked a little bit together. Obviously I said that, you know, we didn't, we didn't go dive. Oh, your super... voice has kind of gone down a bit. Oh, has it? Can you hear me? There you go. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Um, but yeah, getting out of your own way, I think is, is ideal is, is sorry, the ideal description of, of what you do. And I think mm-hmm. you really do a good job at it. Thanks. Hey, you're welcome. I love it. Yeah. I, I, I you know, you want to like, in my opinion, I always want to work with someone who loves what they do. I love, I love talking to you. I love being like doing this with you on this podcast because you love it. 
oh and yeah you love you love bikes and you love like personal development it's like so easy it's so easy yeah we didn't even really yeah. talk a lot about bikes in this and, and that's no. you know that it's the <laughs> right. my back no my back 40s evolved it, I don't know if I want to call it an evolution, but I just, I've always wanted the podcast just to be about following my curiosities. And sometimes it's going to be talking to an athlete about an event. Sometimes it's going to be talking to a coach or a nutritionist or a, a psychedelic therapist. You know, I've been wanting to talk to, to someone like that for a, a long time. And fortuitously, we just connected. I'm like, oh my God, you're a psychedelic therapist? Like, what the hell? Yeah. We need to talk about this stuff. Yeah. So, so I really like following my curiosities and, um, I just, the podcast for me, I think we talked about it. Have, have you, have you done a podcast yet? Not I should yet. know that you haven't. We, we, we have, we have to talk about that. Okay. Well, this is yeah, it. I, ha I have an idea. Okay. Well, yeah. But off, off, off the, like off this I'll, thing. I'll consult. Yeah. And I'm not afraid yeah. to charge you what I'm going to charge well, you. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> like I'll, I'll... <laughs> what? <laughs> said, and I'm not afraid to charge you what I'm going to charge you for the consultation. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Oh no, 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 no. I'm kidding. I know I have an idea, but it just would be like not on here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we could chat about it, but, but um, what, I, what I love about it. And just like you said at the beginning, so oh, are we recording already. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're just sitting at the table. <laughs> just talking, talking <laughs> yeah. about stuff. And I, that's, that's what I think. Shit. It's like, there's a lot of times in my life when I wish I had my recorder with me because it would just be like, Oh yeah. Could just be shooting the shit in a bar or with someone, not that I go to the bar, but at a restaurant or out on the street or whatever. And, and they share some crazy insight. I was like, damn it. Like, where's yeah. my microphone? This is crazy. Yeah. Cause I honestly think everyone has a story to tell. That's right. And I honestly think like, you're so good at this. Oh, thank you. Like, this is a, that. like, this is a thing. This is a thing for you. Like I see this, like, I don't know. I, I do see this in your future, like this being. Well, it's in big. my, it's in my present right now. And like, I'm, I mean, big earth. Yeah, I, mean, I know. Yeah. I, <laughs> then it already is. Well, it's like, I, yeah. And again, it's, there's a lot of layers to that. Um, you know, part of me, if you asked me like, say six months ago, it's like, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to, um, you know, I'm, I'm diving in, I'm going to do it, but I, I just can't. And, uh, I'm just counting yet. on, yeah, I'm just counting on, yeah, maybe that's what I'm building subconsciously, right? Like the remote work, the marketing work, you know, working remote is great because I can spend time. Yeah. Like if I, if I, I can spend a few minutes talking to someone or talking, going on live or do this yep. and then do the day job and do this other job. So I'm just trying to develop streams of income to enable me to do it more. And of course my back 40 is one of those streams of income, which is okay. It's working. Okay. You know, the way I, the yeah. way I frame it, you know, shamelessly is that, you know, people on the, um, so when I wrote the divide, my credit card got swiped, right. I got used. That's right. And I, yeah. didn't, I didn't have a credit card and I was like, Oh, I'm going to have to ride home. I can't do this. Yeah. And the community stepped up. And said, dude, you've been talking about this for years. It's like, finish the divide. Here's 50 bucks. Here's 20 bucks. Here's, and they started, they paid for it. So it's, so it's, it wasn't a, a self-supported effort. It was a completely my back 40 supported effort supported by the community who backed me, which fuck I'm emotions coming up now, which is, which just means so much. But you me. give so much too. I guess. Right? I mean, I'm like, just talking. So it's so, so it's like, it, like that stuff always, like it, it comes back somehow when you're mm. just not even expecting it, you know, like that's. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting just, that. Yeah. I, I truly wasn't expecting that. 
but but yeah mm-hmm. so so the idea is like you know if you saw me on the street walking around wherever and you're like hey that's steve you know hey i'll buy you a coffee you know you can do that you can paypal me or or support me in that way it's funny i was heading back to canmore and my partner has an e-car and we were we were buying electrons in uh in radium hot springs and this other car pulled in like to to use it we were just finishing up and then they plugged in and then i think a couple of days later i can't remember the dude's name right now but i got this email and it's like hey we were in radium buying electrons was that you i saw at radium hot springs and it's like you're steve o'shaughnessy it's like oh my god i got recognized at night sitting in a car like that is it's it it just shocked me i'm famous yeah Yeah, it has nothing to do with wanting to be famous it just has to do with uh it it just it's so flattering uh uh, Mm -hmm. that that people are are getting value out of it and and despite it not always being about endurance athletics you know i'm a bit of a bike nerd but I don't want to talk about bikes all the time. I mean, bikes are bikes, you know, I'll leave that to bikepacking.com. They can talk about all that stuff. I want to talk about like why people are driven to do these things and what they get out the other side of it and the, and the the community that's built around it and the people and the friends they meet and the camaraderie and the, and the stuff that fills us up about doing a specific activity. And, and I, you know, I want to talk to ultra runners. I want to talk to, you know, downhill skiers, because there's also a mindset around it all, whether you're an amateur or you're a pro. It's like a lot of these people who are at the top, the upper echelon of their, of their athletic careers, they're just people. Uh, Yeah. They're they're all just people. Right. And, and they just, yeah, yeah, they just took a different path. I mean, they, they, their, Mm -hmm. their path led them into a place. And a lot of these professional athletes, unless they're, they're they're lining up endorsements just like you and I, you know, that yep. some of them have to work a day job, you know, they have a couple sponsors, they take off in the summer and do a bunch of races and might make some money off of that and blah, blah, blah. But it's, that's their job. They're, and they just happen to be, their job is to ride bikes all the time or yeah. train for the Olympics or whatever it may be. Right. Yeah. And uh, they're all just people. So we're love, all just people I doing the best we can. Doing the best we can. What did my uh, my friend Tabitha say? She said, we're all just walking each other home from the bar. We're just all <laughs> walking each other home, right? We're just, we're all <laughs> going through true. this journey together. We're just all doing it together. That's right. You know? Yeah. So it was great talking to you today. It was super fun. Good talking with you too. Yeah. I'm glad we connected. We should do it. We yeah. should do it more often. Okay. I, I wouldn't mind having a regular, uh, well, not a regular, but, you know, get you on again and see how things are going for you and. That would be fun. Yeah. 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 And then maybe not now I should probably get going, doing some other stuff, Mm -hmm. but, um, I'll just, I'll stop the thingy here. Oh, you can just keep, I'm going to keep recording. How do you stop that? I don't know. Just keep recording. It's fine. (laughs) And then, uh, Um, and then, yeah, we can, yeah. Yeah. Just reach out to me. Hang on. Should I, I'll stop too. Hang on. Thanks Pedro. (laughs) (laughs) We could have a little conversation about what your plans are, but yeah, I, I appreciate oh, you. you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I yeah. appreciate you uh, talking to me and I appreciate the way you've helped me. You really have helped me. Yeah. And uh, I would encourage anyone to reach out to Paige. Um, and, and in fact, I would encourage anyone to just reach out to your friends. You know, if you're feeling lost and isolated and yeah. um, you, you know, you're feeling like you really need to talking is therapy. Just talking is therapy. Yeah. Um, but if you really want to dive deep into into your psyche and, and find out what's holding you back, then I would suggest reaching out to Paige Royal. Oh, there we go. 
All right, thanks. I want to thank Paige Royal again for her time and thank all of you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. A long one. Love the long conversations. I hope you do. Sometimes I think about splitting these conversations into parts, but I don't want to do that. I want to leave it as one big, long conversation. Um, And I just really like giving the space to unpack. We've talked about this before. I'm just going to do what I do, and I really hope you enjoy it. And I certainly enjoyed this conversation with Paige. It's like therapy, man, talking to talking to Paige, even talking to my guests. I mean, I've said that before on the podcast. It's like one of the greatest parts. One of the, my most favorite parts about doing the podcast is just having deep, meaningful conversations with people and shooting the shit and just have the back and forth and making new friends and making new connections. It's great. And like... Uh, we probably talked about it in this podcast. Well, I'm sure we did. And then also with the podcast last time, it's like, you know, human connection. It's something that's really missing in our lives. And if we could just be more vulnerable with one another and connect with one one another on deeper levels, I think we'd just be more fulfilled and, and happier overall. So hope you dug it. Like I said at the beginning, if you want to send me voice intros, I'd love to hear from you. Myback40podcast at gmail.com. Just whip out your device, record me something in the voice memo application, and you can email it to me right from your phone. And it could be about anything. It could be something you're thinking about, something you're doing. You could be out on a fat bike ride or a ride or a hike or I don't care what you're doing. Send me a voice memo. I'd love to hear from you. Also, feedback, guest suggestions. Love that as well. If you want to support the podcast, if you're finding value in what I'm doing out there and you want to support me financially, I would appreciate that, especially during this crazy time of my life. You can do that. Head on over to myback40.org support. You can figure out ways you can do that. You can join my Patreon. You can send me PayPal um, donations. It all helps. It all helps the podcast grow and helps me to bring you these conversations as as frequently as I can. I know I've been slipping. I'm getting there. I'm, I'm in a weird place in my life right now. I'm really trying to find the time and the space to commit to doing these podcasts more and more. I will get back to the weekly schedule, I promise. The easiest way to support the podcast is to give me a five-star rating and a review on your favorite listening platform. That helps me tweak the algorithms and allows me to appear on different search engines and whatnot. It really helps me out. So I appreciate that. If there's part of this podcast that you, you dig and you want to share it with someone, that's another great way. Share snippets from the podcast with your, um, with your friends and your family. And just spread the word about My Back 40 because you know what? I just want to preach the love of cycling of moving through nature um, and primarily lately just wanted to help men with their mental health and trying to convince all the dumb guys out there like me that we need to lean on each other during crazy times. And um, if you ever want to lean on me, if you have no one to talk to, you can always reach out to me. I've had a couple of really engaging conversations with people, listeners, and um, I just want to be here for you. We, we got to be here for each other, right? And that includes you, you, you girls as well. All the people out there, you have some tough times going on in life. Let's talk about it. We can get through it. There's nothing we can't get through. If we can do bikepacking races and push our bikes for four hours up mountains and eat out of basic garbage cans (laughs) and still live to tell another day, I think we can get through life pretty easily if we just lean on each other. So let's do it, all right? I love you guys. And until next time, keep the rubber side down.